Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show, the place about games, friends, and getting better. Your regular host, Ben Hansen, is on paternity leave for two more weeks. In the meantime, I'm Kyle Bossman, I'm your substitute host. We are joined this week by Sarah Podzorski. Hello! Haley McLean. Hello! Jacob Geller! Hello! Jenna Steamer! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> wow, the Tim Rogers, hello. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah, yeah. You brought us back down. I, it was, yeah. we were, the pitch was alarmingly getting higher and higher. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> top that energy. So I decided yeah, to undercut it. <laughs> Bringing us back down to earth. Appreciate that. Uh, today we are doing the Baldur's Gate 3 episode. We're talking all about it. Talk of the town. We're here for it. We will also be covering Venba. And of course, we need Sarah's impressions on the announcement of the Final Fantasy XIV's expansion, Dawn Trail. Very important. Extremely. <laughs> but more important than anything is Baldur's Gate 3. It's, it's huge. It's a phenomenon, a regular phenomenon. Uh, of course, before, I think in every single conversation about Baldur's Gate 3, everybody wants to know and needs to know what the deal is with your character. And so I would like to know what this panel created. <laughs> I, I have to know <laughs> the names. I want to, more than anything, I'm curious, like, what you named your character. I think telling you the name of my character will pretty much give you a pretty firm image of the kind of character I made. Made wow. it on live stream. Her name is Sailor Blood Moon. <laughs> she is <laughs> patterned after Sailor Moon. Of course, she is a paladin. Uh, she fights for truth and honor, but she's also older. She's seen some stuff. You know, she's a little ragged. She's just trying to make it out there. She's just trying to get back to her home. She's trying to make it back to Tuxedo Mask. Does her guardian part. look like Tuxedo Mask? Uh, I kind Great of question. went. I kind of went off script with her. Her companion, <laughs> the, the Sailor Moon resemblance is strong. The companion's resemblance to Tuxedo Mask, it's a little off base. But I, I gave him that uh, rose tattoo, that rose neck tattoo that we have. Mm -hmm. So that's the main thing. That's the, the connecting threads. I want to fill in for anybody who hasn't played Baldur's Gate 3. That's a very extensive cr created character thing, right? And then yeah. you make your character, you do all this, and then right after that inexplicably it says and now create your champion or your guardian right they call your it guardian, a guardian yeah. yeah 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 they say do it and again. they don't tell you why yeah no no, no <laughs> i have not yet seen it i thought that was going to happen pretty quickly but i haven't seen my champion at all uh Rose tattoo yeah um okay well so i'll preface this with uh, I don't know how this game works. I have never played D&D. &D. The only CRPG I've played is Disco Elysium, which is a very different game than this. Um, but I started it because it just seemed... It just seemed like one of those games, you know? I, I was kind of like, okay, is this going to be one? And the way people were talking about this was like, for me to be literate as a gamer mm. i need to go outside of my comfort zone and try this yeah. so that being said my vision of my character was kind of like what if aragorn from lord of the rings uh was not actually part of a royal bloodline he never went anywhere so he just like stayed strider and was this like cool hot guy who kind of was <laughs> jaded and had adventures but like didn't it didn't become anything greater than that. So I am, of course, a ranger. I'm a human ranger. 
Um, his name is Fort Sarin, which I don't, it does not mean anything except I kind of like the combination of sounds in it. Um, and I, I don't know. So yesterday, Leo and I did a stream in which we tried to make all the wrong choices making a Baldur's Gate character. And people were going, oh, no, 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 when we were like mm -hmm. allotting our skills. And I was <laughs> looking at that allotment of skills and I thought, this doesn't seem meaningfully different than what I picked. So I really have no idea how ill-prepared my character is for the world, but he's like high on intelligence, a little lower on charisma, very wise, uh, you know, lower in like some pick? of the fighting stuff. Ranger. What class? Oh, okay. Uh, I, I like the idea of having an animal friend. That seemed fun. Got it. I th from Ranger, I just think they use a bow, but you also get a free mm -hmm. animal friend? It it seems so, though I uh, haven't found the button to summon my animal friend yet. <laughs> Did you successfully create someone who is hot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> good question. You know, question. mature, like it's got some age lines, but like definitely uh -huh. a good looking guy. I have to ask, Jacob, why human if you're a human? You didn't want to be something new or you just like being this, what you are? Or what, I, it, what's that about? <laughs> I, don't, I mean, so here's another thing. I've never really played a game where I have like role played as a character that I invented in my brain. You know, I like I like games where I am inhabiting a character that already exists. And even in Disco Elysium, where you have a lot of choices, the main guy is like he has a backstory. He has kind of like a thing. I don't know how to roleplay as a different species. It, like, like I feel like <laughs> when I, if I chose like a lizard person, I should be making decisions like a lizard person, and I don't know enough about the world to do that. And so, You're human, way too I, much pressure on yourself in I, this situation, yeah. Jacob. Because you people just are talking. Be a lizard because you want to be a lizard. People are talking about this game like it is the second coming, and I'm like, I need Nobody, to take this seriously. When I played Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, everyone said, Haha, Sarah, that sounds like a really good game that no one's going to play but you. So all of you should apologize to me. <laughs> I apologize. I, I'm really I didn't even say that to you, right? But, like, I would have. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I you, apologize. You, you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, I feel vindicated now. Yeah, because I yeah. played this back in... October 2020 was the early access. Wow. So I've been I've been waiting. I've been biding my time for this game. Yeah. Slowly but surely. I have three characters. I have three campaigns. About to be four campaigns. <laughs> like we are the game is about brainworms, and I also have a brainworm for Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> so what is uh, Sarah, are are any of your characters the ones that you can just pick? Off the bat, because that was another kind of confusing thing is when you start, it's like, hey, you want any of these six guys with backstories already? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know who picks those because it seems like the point of the game is not doing that. But uh, no, I just kind of all of mine are like custom. But I will say once you get more and more people, like if I'm doing like a four player campaign, you miss kind of those like cutscene moments in the story mm. where like you'll be walking and like Shadowheart will say something and you'll kind of get a cutscene. If they're not in your party, you won't have that. Hmm. But I assume if you play as them, you still kind of get the full story. So I assume like a four player, each person being a character, you'd get actually a little more story than you would mm. just doing custom characters. So Sarah, you got four characters. Which one is I do. your which one is your one? Well, wow. in my single player campaign, I'm playing a 
uh, half elf bard. I have named her the Rizzler, <laughs> and I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to charisma check my way through the entire game. Cool. Uh, I put all my stats in charisma. I bardically inspire my team. Uh, I play my music whenever I can in the middle of battle. You know, you just got to whip out your drum. Yeah. Do a little drum solo. Uh, and then another campaign, I'm playing one of my old D&D characters. I just finished a D&D campaign, and I had a necromancer. Cool. Her name was Isabones, after Isabel <laughs> from Animal Crossing, because I'm very creative. Um, so I'm doing a necromancer wizard in another one of my campaigns. And then the final one, I am a druid druid cleric. But her name's just Little Buns. I was kind of running out of ideas when we hit that one. Little Buns? By the third campaign, yeah, Little Buns. Little buns. And by the end yeah. of it, you're just I was running out of steam. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Wait, so which one are you gonna move forward with then? All of them? You're gonna keep um, playing all those campaigns? The one the one that I've gotten the furthest with, with is my two player campaign. So that's Isabel mm -hmm. and the Necromancer, and then the other players playing a monk. And that's the one that I've finished act one with. Got wow. it. Like okay. completely, like forty hours. So that's the one that I'm gonna push through with. Which cool. one do you feel like you get to see the most different story with? Like, do you see, do you feel like you see more story with the I, Rizzler? I think it's the Rizzler uh, because the Rizzler can also talk to animals. So you can quite sure. literally, like, you get so much backstory to a lot of stuff, just talking to everyone and like passing all those persuasion checks. Um, it like, it gives you a lot more, a lot more text to read, but it gives a lot more flavor to the world. Okay. Yeah. As soon as I had the option to get one of my crew, I think Gail. Oh no, maybe Will. Uh, the the option to learn speak with animals. I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because you can talk, you can like approach and engage in conversation with animals, but it just kind of shows the animal and then hurries mm -hmm. you along. But I was like, I would like, to, I would actually like to talk to every bluebird I see. Thank you, game. Uh, Haley, what's your character? I have it written down. Because <laughs> you, so you don't remember what you named your character, or is it you have a lot of details there? I, I liked writing it down because it made me remember. Because I'm okay. not a D&D person at all, but like, sure. and I didn't even like hear about this game or was interested in it until the day before launch. And I was just like, what is this? Like, hmm. Kind of like when a crowd is standing by something <laughs> and you're like, what am I looking at? And I like looked and I was like, okay, I'll try. And I bought it and I've just become like obsessed with it. I yeah. love it. It, but I also am kind of bummed because I just don't know a lot about, like, the Forgotten Realms and, like, where I am and what the races are and their history and stuff. So I just watched, like, a ton of videos every night before going to bed, like, Baldur's Gate lore and that kind of stuff. And that's awesome. been, like, really fun to fill in the gaps. And then while playing, you'll be like, oh, yeah, like, I kind of understand that better now from the context of just playing the game versus watching the youtubers with their four-hour <laughs> lore breakdown videos that i weirdly love now <laughs> but i'm a tiefling so that's like the devils yeah love the because they were like skin and horns yeah yeah they're like the hottest i thought so i was like yeah i want to do that true. and she's exactly also flame true. um resistant or like flame immune or something so i saw a lot of flame happening in trailers and stuff like a lot of fire getting thrown around so i thought that would be helpful yeah. i like, like that you planned ahead you were like that's, yeah. that's really good so thoughtful yeah and then I made her a druid because I want, like, I just want to talk to animals. Like, literally, that was, mm -hmm. like, my main Being thing. Being able I to did... fly as a druid is so much fun. Ooh, when you hit no, level five, you can become a bird oh. and you can quite literally, like, fly across the map. Oh, I'm level it four. Feels so I haven't got a that little yet. broken, but it's so much fun. That's incredible. Oh, I love that. Boy, so I So far, that. I can just be, like, a badger. I think badger is some new thing I just got that I haven't even tried yet, but I think it's, like, a... 
like a mythical animal. I can't remember what it was called. And then like wolf bear is like OP as heck. Cause essentially you get like the full HP points of the bear. And then when they destroy the bear, you're back and you have your full HP still. So it's like, you have almost an extra character. Like, yeah, the damage is just like, or like bear hit. <laughs> like you can't fire an arrow as a bear, but still it's just like a good time waster while your spell casters are doing something else. You can just chuck your bear out. And it's been like a good beginner thing because it feels very, you know, like it's okay. You died. Quote unquote, but now you're back and you're fine. You can keep going. It's like extra Bears life. Bears are OP in regular D and D well as well. So I'm glad that carries over to the video game version. I'm a bear like 90 percent of this game so far. <laughs> do you well, walk around as a bear outside of battle? Yeah, you can be a bear and like do bear things, and like it can help <laughs> you get around and stuff too. Like you can also be a cat. And the cat can like jump higher and also meow and distract people. So like there oh, was cool. one point where I really wanted to like get a chest. I like saved these people out of a cave and I was like, oh, I really want what's in their chest because they're like gassing it up. They're like, oh my God, the stuff in this chest is so good. Cyrus though, don't touch. And I was like, oh, I hate you. I, really, I don't want to piss you off, but I want what's in there. So I can, as the cat, go off in the corner and meow. And they actually go, what's that? And they go over to look and I got my cleric to like sneak up, <laughs> unlock it. I got a crit 20, which is the only way you could unlock it with a crit 20 and it had like an awesome like vial inside that had a, a super tough boss inside the mm -hmm. vial and like I could have just not looked at that and oh. went somewhere else like that's crazy to me but I had like a crazy boss fight with this vial monster and it didn't even like do anything besides just give me XP and it was fun it was just like that's that awesome. kind of stuff happens so much it's so fun mm -hmm. you, yeah. you got a 20 on your first roll yeah well, I snuck wow. up and I even was like, I had a quick save just in case I kept rolling like ones and stuff. So like, I need to know what's in here. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this until I open this box. Cause they gassed it up so much. I needed to know. Uh, so my character, I forget what they're called. It's the alien race. Oh, get Yankee. Get Yankee. Yeah. Get Yankee. Oh. Um, definitely one of those. He's got like very green skin and like a really long face. He's not hot. Uh, he's got like, you know, like the, the bushy long hair. He, he looks, um, regal. He looks like a, like an alien who used to be important. They don't <laughs> let you change the body type of the aliens. Oh. They have to be very Interesting. like, uh, scrawny. They have to be mm. like skinny and scrawny. Um, they're just set to that for some reason. And, uh, he's a warlock, but like. I very rarely use the like the good warlock stuff. Apparently, this is a weird thing. Like, if you are making a warlock, you should pick Eldritch Blast. This is like one of those D and D things that like everybody knows, but like yeah. somebody just hopping into this game doesn't realize how important that is. So basically, there's like a really good warlock only <laughs> spell you can use as many times as you want that has incredible range and pretty good damage, and you can even like amplify it the more you level up. But the game doesn't tell you that you know what i mean the game's like choose whatever moves you want you know what i mean i chose like poison splash instead um but he's cool he's like he's a bad man he's a very bad man uh he does bad things and that like one of the things i was really shocked by is like how like immediately horny the game is yeah. you know what oh i mean God, yeah yeah it's like this 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 scrawny alien who's like a very bad person already people are like i lust for you meet uh, me in my tent and i'm like whoa 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 that's like like you know i'm thinking like mass effect wise right like i thought you're supposed to do that at the end of the game you know you who get to this pulling? in the beginning is sorry it Astrian? Who is it Astrian? yeah is it a syrian uh lazelle 
Yeah. Oh, she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, oh man, you stink. You stink like blood. Meet me in my tent. And I was honestly like, we can't, we can't do that now. It'll mess up, you know, our work relationship. Like we can't do that this early. (laughs) But then, um, there was a night warden who was very, very evil. And she was like, look, you're going to meet, I'm going to meet you at your, in the goblin camp. Yeah. You got the drow. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. I jumped her. She's evil. You have to do some really bad. So you did too. Well, I which version? I jumped her, and I didn't. How are we defining jumping her? I guess. I jumped. Well, no, no. Like I got into her office, and she was like, "Let me let let's do this evil thing together." And I was like, "What if I just jumped you right here, right now?" Again, we we scuffled in her office, and I killed her. Okay, it's so important that you clarify what you mean, because once again, that was an ambiguous use of jumped her. (laughs) I just want to underscore. So you Our language you... has some really concerning uh, <laughs> turns of phrases that, that we can't decide which one Sarah's talking about. You attacked her, is what you're saying. Yes. You, okay, I you killed, killed her. her okay. If that okay. makes it easier. Yes, thank right. you. No, that's hard again, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, is like, you can do... What's nice about this game is like, you can do... You can choose to be evil... And you will still get interesting characters, interesting story, hmm. because now you probably can't have the druid Helson, because no, you, yeah, because you you were a bet you were baddie. So now I have the druid Helson, but because I have Helson, I can't have the oh. or because I killed the drow, I can't have her anymore. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think I made a bad decision. Yeah, no, no. I think you, made chose. Of you made a Evil decision. decision. Yeah. Yes, you but made not a bad. questionable decision. <laughs> That's what I like about this game compared to like not to bash on Fallout Four or whatever, but it kind of feels like the answers are yes, yes, come back later. Whereas this is like yes, no, screw you and your whole religion and like <laughs> everything. Then tangents and does like a million different things and nothing. Like I don't want to be evil because it'll sl- like cut down branches of dialogue because that's what a lot of other games do like if you're a dick it's just like oh and they're dead and nothing and you're like okay well i just maybe missed out on a cool mission or something but with this like you could kill them and then their son shows up and it's like father and then another mission starts it's like that's kind of how they play it so it kind of makes me want to do like maybe not a dark urge playthrough but like after this like an evil playthrough and just be like super mean and kill everybody yeah, it was clear immediately upon entering the game that the game's big. <laughs> the game is so big. Uh, I, I was streaming and people in the chat were like, oh, wow, I miss this person entirely. Like like other like people for your party that they just like walked by and didn't talk to because there's so many people and there's so many areas and quests and things to do. That They're it's... not marked on your map or anything. They're just kind of like hanging out. Yeah, somewhere. you just kind of got to be <laughs> like, hey, what's this person's deal? <laughs> and if you found the pc then congrats it was the needle in the haystack but i think that's in a way that's overwhelming i think it would be less overwhelming if um armored core and starfield weren't uh, about to drop as well but i'm just like i really want to play more of this game and i don't know when i'm gonna have time to play all of the game but it it's exciting to like watch people, other people stream or to talk about it like this because it's just like I get to get these little peeks into what it's like being like an evil character or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to hear more from Sarah or other experienced people about like the combat 
because that's mm-hmm. another part that I is like really new. And I, I just remember or very early on, I was kind of scrolling through my options and there was the I, I forget if it's called like dip or plunge, but it was like stick your weapon in something and oh, then yeah. it will have that something. And just having that option, I was like, oh, my God. Like, the fact that, like, wherever I am, I could be like, okay, what happens if I get mud on my sword and then hit someone with it or whatever? And honestly, kind of a Tears of the Kingdom way of, like, what happens if I attach this plow to my sword? It's Um, like Tears of the Kingdom, The improv weapons, like, when you you can just grab the nearest object and, like, improv use it. That's fun. It's absolutely insane how close to D&D this game plays. I think it's one of the best digital versions of D&D that I've ever seen. Yes. And I really hope they take this engine and apply it to more D&D campaigns. Because I've been playing D&D for a while now, and, you know, it's one thing to just sit around the table and be like, yeah, I cast Fireball, uh, this is the damage, here's the radius. Versus in this game, you can just be like, I click, click, and it does the math. It does the math for you. You can visually see where Fireball is, like, going to land yeah. in the environment. It's just such a great... It's great visually being able to see all of the things you've just been, like, speaking up to a certain point. Like, I didn't know what, like, half the spells looked like. And honestly, being a druid kind of sucks in normal D&D because you have to be like, okay, I'm a bird. How many hit points (laughs) do I have? What's my new range? Versus in Baldur's Gate, it just calculates all that for you. Yeah. Um, I think it can be hard coming into it not knowing D&D. It's a little, like, what's a cantrip versus an action versus a bonus action versus movement. It can get a little, like, why can't I do anything? You know, like it can get a little a little confusing. Um, but I think if you can pick it up, like it it playing D and D made playing Baldur's Gate three easier, but playing Baldur's Gate three also makes playing D and D a little bit easier, I feel like. I think that's you so feel like yeah. it might yeah. be hard to go back to D and D and do the math after this. Are you no, spoiled? No, I mean huh. it is a little it is it's gonna be hard to go back and then just, you know, be like, Oh, I gotta use my imagination again, even though you know, it's like Avard's <laughs> black tentacles are gonna burden. be so much less cool on my <laughs> tabletop. But yeah, I think the nice thing about D D is that it's more like communicating with other people. Whereas in this game, if you're like playing single player, there's like less communication coming up with a plan. So I think yeah, they're they excel both in their own areas and are both very enjoyable. I think an I, issue I, I ran into as also like a longtime D&D player is that like the first time I got a critical failure, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Have I got to fall on my face? Is my sword going to break? And it, those are the sorts of things that when you're playing in a live game, it's like a spontaneous choice that the D- DM mm-hmm. or DM is going to make to be like, oh, wow, you did you cr- critically succeeded. Tell me what cool thing you did because you succeeded so well. And like in, in this game, it's just like an automatic success or failure, which is also nice. But it is like it's it's so close to D&D that when those things happens, part of me is like, oh, but I mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted that. I, I it there's no like. There's no like extra layer of spontaneity and delight that you get from those moments in a live game. And mm-hmm. like, I, it's that's not to undercut it. It's just one of those things where I noticed feeling the pangs, the, the D&D pangs. The other one being, uh, boy, do I hate controlling four people in combat. <laughs> like, you hate it? I do not like it. I've never really liked it in this kind of game. Like I didn't like it in Dragon Age or anything like that, uh, where it's just like, 
I, I made a choice for my character and oh, I also have to know the loadout. I have to know the equipment. I have to know all the spells for three other people. There, There's just a vibe about that where it's like I'm sitting at a table with four character sheets. Like like you're like a bingo master. Like when you see people at bingo halls and they have like 20 sheets and a number is called and they're like bam, 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 bam. It's like that, but for D&D, which I find at times to be... Uh, overwhelming. I, I looked around for options that would allow you to just sort of like, just go and go off and do your own thing. Uh, manage yourselves, children. And there wasn't really an option. And I don't, I don't know if I think the AI is robust enough to, to do that in a good way. Because I did like, I I'd set off a trap. I, I used my mage hand to grab a book and grabbing that book set off a trap. And I was like, all right, well, let's leave. And I turned my main character around to leave. And all of my little children went behind me. One of them stood directly where the trap was and burnt to death. And it was just Sounds like, like Pikmin. <laughs> it's kind of a Pikmin <laughs> vibe. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's like, well, the, the I don't know if the AI is strong enough to, to rep. To, to replicate the choices I would make, but I also don't love having to make those choices. But so I think that's what's wild is that, you know, you two are comparing it to the tabletop game. And I think that's what makes it so different from other RPG video games we've played is just that the battles are not frequent. You know what I mean? It's like they're just longer. They're more detailed. You, you, you put a lot more thought and effort into each individual battle, which I think is something that really separates it from... Most every other, you know, you do thousands and thousands of battles on disc one in most RPGs, you know? <laughs> and so, like, I do think that's a really interesting thing that I grew to appreciate more after, like, I fell asleep. You know what I mean? Like, in the moment, I'm just frustrated out of my mind in these battles. Like, why is this taking so long? Why are there so many mechanics? But then it's like, oh, shoot, I did, like, four battles in that last eight hours, you know what I mean? It's like, you grow to appreciate the stakes and what's happening in those. I'll give you one example is... So I was up against um, an ogre, uh, orc and an ogre, orc and an ogre who were like fornicating. They were jumping each other in a barn mm -hmm. and the ogre had the ability to just throw rocks constantly. And what's so funny about that is that that wouldn't bother me in any other video game. But in that moment, I was frustrated on my mind, right? Because of D&D &D rules, it's like, what, does she have the rocks in her hand? Is she is she holding the rocks right now? How is she getting to do a one huge rock that does 16 damage every turn, right? But what was cool is my frustration was built upon me buying into the game's systems and rules, hmm. right? Like a Pokemon doing rock throw every turn, like, fine, that makes sense to me. It's just, you know, that's what this game is. But when you believe in the reality of this D&D &D game so much, it's like, hold on, that can't happen. That can't possibly have a rock every turn. You know what I mean? And so, like, I, I feel like a big differentiator of the, the RPG system is how much it makes you believe in it, I guess. Do the you, battle system, I guess. Do you enjoy the frequency that the combat happens, or do you wish it were more or less or longer or shorter? I, I, today, I like it. <laughs> I had to sleep on it. I legitimately, okay, like, I hadn't okay. played a game like this before, and I had to like, sleep on it. Hmm. Maybe KOTOR. KOTOR is a, a very, very similar to it as well, hmm. but yeah. It's definitely like the more you do it, the more you like it. But some, a lot of people are going to play a couple fights and bounce off. And you kind of want to whisper in the ear, like, do three more fights. And then it'll it's slowly also, start to click. Yeah, it's also kind of rough at those, like, first levels. Mm. Also, because, like, mm. when I played D&D with my friends, we no longer start at level one. We oh, start no. at level five. Oh, okay. Just because level one, especially for, like, some classes, like wizard, you really don't get to do anything cool or fun. 
Um, luckily in this game, you do level pretty quickly, but I do feel like even some of those first battles, like you're not, you're not really kitted out very well. You don't really even really like spec into your playstyle. So it, it's one of those games where it's like the more you put into it, the more you will get out of it at the end. But I do like the pacing of the exploration, solving puzzles, surprisingly entering a battle, killing a bunch of people accidentally or talking your way out of it. I do. I think I'm really enjoying I guess the frequency of the fights, but I've been able to talk myself out of way more fights than I was able to in early access. Hmm. I think in early access, they, you didn't have the option because I had to like fight my way through everything. And it was, the early access for me was a lot more challenging um, than it currently is. So they have gone oh. through some balancing. Interesting. They've toned it down a bit. I so do why'd you feel kill like... the Night Warden? Because she's evil! <laughs> she wanted me to... You could have just talked to her. <laughs> she wanted me to take her to the druids and, like, sell out the druids, who are also, you know, questionable individuals, but I wanted the bear man. I wanted him on my team. There was a long goal there. Playing the long game, uh, Sarah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Jacob, sorry for interrupting there. Oh, I just feel like... It's like, I, I am playing this right now. I do really want to, like, give it give it a chance even though i am very intimidated by it but like already it has the kind of energy of like a dwarf fortress or an eve online in that my friends are telling me things that they have done in the game that are just like these stories that are just so absurd and i'm like oh my gosh what an amazing game you did play like 60 hours to even get to the point where you understood that was an option of something that you could do in just a way that it's like, look, I'm also really interested in armored core and that has a different kind of commitment required, but it's like, I'm going to be able to shoot missiles in the first hour, you know, <laughs> and this is just like the, the number of options is scaring me. That's interesting. I, I, yeah, that, yeah, I, I'm, I've been curious about what the experience for people who are not D&D um, &D pilled in this game, because like, I think if you play enough D&D, &D, you start to know, like, there are there are tropes, right? There are expectations about like how you're going to act in a game. And if you play with people who've played a long time, you kind of you get those vibes, you get the DM kind of understand like how to interpret DM clues and and how to figure out quests. And like, if you don't know what to do, go to the tavern, you talk to people. And then it's really fun playing with people who are like adults coming to D&D &D who have never done it before because they have such bonker ideas like things that you're just like okay yeah let's do that i never would have thought about that because that's not like what DD &D is structured to be or what i've come to expect DD &D to be but like having that having not having those preconceived notions i think can be a benefit because you can go in it into it being like yeah can i just i don't know can i talk my way out of every single conversation or battle like yeah, if you want, like you, you can bring sort of your own style to the gameplay because you're less like burdened with that those expectations, which I think is cool. I think I have an anecdote for that where I don't play D and D, and I wanted my weapon to have fire, and I had a candle, so I put the candle on the ground and lit it, and it let me dip my <laughs> weapon in yeah! the candle and I got fire. <laughs> So, That's and great. that might be like another rock thing, like in a real campaign, your DM would be like, no, it's a candle. <laughs> you extinguish <laughs> the candle and you move on. But in this game, Cut it's like, yep, that's a half. fire. Go ahead. That's great. Just imagine this cool demon with red skin just pulling a candle out of their sack and just setting it, hold on, just like setting it on the ground. And then just, yeah, that's awesome. A bath body works. Yeah, I've yeah. got a spell for that. Cool. 
Yeah, there's so many, like, I think what's great about this game is, like, I do have three different playthroughs, but they're not the same. Like, yeah, escaping the Nautilus is, like, getting a little boring, and I, I <laughs> hate it right now, but it's, like, each playthrough is different, and each playthrough I'm noticing, like, different things, and I have different options based on my class and, like, what race I am, and, like, I don't know, I think from, you know, the first five hours to, like, the 40th hour, I don't think it's changed too much for me. Like, the it's still, it's still going. Even though I already played it all in early access for 30 hours, and then I did it again when it came out, it's still just as good for me. This is my Tears of the Kingdom, you guys. <laughs> this is it for me. Loki <laughs> likes this more than Tears of the Kingdom, which is crazy to me. Yeah, like, it's, I... it's great that I can walk five feet and actually find a quest and not just another Korok uh, under the f***ing rock. Uh, sorry. 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 Uh, no, I agree with you 100%. It's nice to actually find interesting quests ones and not just an can NPC you, that maybe says something weird. Yeah. Can you imagine what the two tens are going to be like this year where Ben does the thing where he takes for granted. He's like, well, let's just put Tears of the Kingdom at number one and then all of you will be yelling at him <laughs> that he can't do that. He'll be like, but where's your passion about both? Where's your, where's your passion level here? Uh, should we? So we should clip this exact moment in order to mm -hmm. hand hand off at that time. It's really hard to have that passion level at the tail end of like five hours of recording or however long those episodes <laughs> are. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I I uh I don't think it's God. I think it's going to be happening a lot, right? I feel like mm -hmm. this game it somehow has put itself on that stage where it's going to have to be compared to Tears of the Kingdom, to like the biggest games of the year. And it's, and it's like how Jacob started this conversation where like you almost feel like you're missing out on something if you're not playing this very nerdy yeah. esoteric game that most people would have ignored before now, you know? I don't know what it is that created that moment for this launch. And I'm curious if the panel has like insights on why this is so huge. It's gotta be because of Divinity, right? Because like the, the games that uh larian is it larian larian the games that larry put larian. out larian okay yeah the the game that they put out previously was was divinity and divinity 2 and those games were, were very big and they're very much in line with this kind of game so like i think that's a big part of it is just like they mm -hmm. they are now an established studio taking over like i didn't play any of the previous balder gates but like i know about balder gate as a franchise so like they were building on that franchise basis with this this uh experience with divinity and also i D and D is just different now. Like the 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 crowd, the the audience for D and D is significantly different than I think the last time a Baldur's Gate game came out. Like it's cool now. <laughs> That's how you it's can tell all these talkable too. Yeah. I think like a lot of younger people are seeing like who's this dog like that you can have <laughs> at your camp. Thirty second mm -hmm. video and you're like cute, and then a different one of that orc thing where you knock the door down and there's two orcs boning in the room like huh what what is this game and then that kind of leads people to it whereas i don't know if the witcher 3 could have pulled that off or horizon like it's just not there's not as as, mu as much as i like those games there's not not as much like weird charm hanging over all the scenes that make them like you want to tell other people about it like a story like jacob's saying like the best part of this is when something crazy happens and i go to my partner i'm like oh my god this just happened you explain the whole arc of like how that happened it's like you wrote a story but you were just playing a game that's like my favorite part of this mm -hmm. yeah i think it's like because everyone's experiences are so different mm -hmm. the general level of passion is so high and everyone wants to share 
And when everyone's so passionate about something, this, I guess, niche, other people want to see what it's all about. Yeah. I also think um, that I like people I know who are not huge gamers, but are like uh, adjacent heard about Baldur's Gate 3 when the bear sex scene bit dropped. Is this? I've never mm-hmm. seen this. I need someone oh, to explain the you bear don't, sex I mean, scene you me. just, you heard it all. That's it. It's it's played for comedy, but there is like a, a, a scene where a character has sex with a druid wild-shaped as a bear. And it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's played for jokes. They like cut to a squirrel going, whoa, uh, and, and um, dropping it's not literal. Uh, and it, it, it was so when they did it, I think they did it in on like a presentation. So it was like on in in a, a formal presentation. Like a show for- mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like, and here's this scene from this game. And that really launched it from like this, I think the smaller niche game to like, oh, what is this game? <laughs> Was the crowd reaction like roaring applause or what was the vibe in the I room when they showed that? That's a great Like, I've waited for this my whole life. <laughs> it was. It was an enthusiastic, an enthusiastic roar, I would say. First, <laughs> uh, some like, uh, they were appalled. I feel like first is like, w- wait, is this, what is it? And because yeah. the thing is like, what's shocking about it is that, yeah, they, they cut away. They don't, you don't see anything, but what's shocking about it is how intimate like clearly you know it's about to go down you can sense like the bear grinning you know what i mean like that's what really (laughs) makes it shocking is that like it's not it's not uh uh like too overt it's just like oh man this is like they're they're giving each other the eye. So you know what I mean? Like you can just like that's like just the visual of it. Somebody's about to get jumped for sure. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That and And a lot of people are treating it like a dating sim too. <laughs> like my social media feeds are just full of like people who are like, how do I get with a Syrian? Yeah. Like that's all my social media feed is. And it's like people like comparing like who they're going after, who they're trying to date and that kind of stuff, which is so weird. But I guess I could see it as like a, a reason to play if you like really think one of the characters is attractive. But like, I don't know. I guess there's something for everybody. Well, the so writing's that's so good for the so romance too. Like way better than like I was t- being like, whoa! Like why am I so into this? It's like a romance <laughs> novel, but it's just two characters at a camp. I mean, like they I, could just be flirting, but they put all this extra like magic around them while stuff happens. Oh my god, it was great! I was talking to Gail. I love Gail. I love Gail. And it was I like to, yeah, I'm romantic. The most Gail. intimate moment with Gail, yeah. and I was like, oh my god! Like I was, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was so you, awesome. What do you I like think- about Gail? Cute. I don't know. He's handsome. I like Carlec more, the like other mm-hmm. tiefling, huge beef lady. She's the hottest thing in the whole game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm also fire resistant, so I'm hoping that works later on because I think she she like has fire coming out of her at all times. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that helps me in some yeah. way. But Gail's kind of just like charming. I like the way he stuck his hand out and was like, some help, please. I was like, that's cute. I don't know. He just seemed like he had more personality. The other ones yeah. have tried to kill me before. I, don't, I won't spoil it, but one of, a couple of them have tried to kill me so far. And I'm like, I don't want you. Like, wow. You're murdering. You forgave them because you wanted to hear more of their story, right? Yeah. I just like, I'm like, you can stay. Just come on. Like, focus <laughs> up. Like, <laughs> Maybe for, this... for the uh, the audio listeners, I just want to say that Jenna's eyebrows are going wild through this whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about romance and game. I love romance and games. I, and Sarah, it's surprising to me that you describe that as an unusual aspect because, like, 
I only played Mass Effect because I heard about everybody romancing everybody. Like, that was, like, the big selling point of Mass Effect. There was also, like, fun gunplay and magic and space magic and stuff. But, like, I was really there to, to romance people. And, like, that was such a... Also for, like, Dragon Age. I remember my Dragon... I never beat Dragon Age because I romanced... I did playthroughs where I, I romanced everybody I wanted to romance. And when I was done romancing them, the game was over for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then were you when you romance relatively quickly then uh i mean no i mean some of them were longer that's the thing with these games right is they're they're usually some low-hanging fruit there there are some people mm -hmm. who are really easy to romance and there are people who are sure. longer like in, in dragon age i i i i lowered myself to playing a male character so that I could romance Morrigan who wasn't bisexual okay game uh and and that took a while like it took it took it took a very long time to get through her romance arc uh and it was worth it but then after I did that I was like okay I'm done with this <laughs> I finished the game what's uh, that meme it's like I don't want to play with you anymore from like Toy Story <laughs> you with that game dropping it Dropped kind of yeah I did beat <laughs> yeah. all of Mass Effect because I really enjoy Mass Effect but um, I, I don't know you, you know you go in there you romance Garrus what else is there to the game really I don't know some sort I've of heard Garrus battle. is the best choice he's the one everybody told games. me to romance and that was great no no regrets uh, uh, it is it is like Going back to an earlier thought, that is so weird though, right? Because like the front of the box, the front of the box art, right, is um, the vampire doing a weird mm -hmm. pose. What's his name? Asterion. Asterion. Um, you can easily ignore him and the game doesn't care. You know what I mean? The game's not like, hey, maybe I should... I actually, at you one point... You could kill him and the game yeah, wouldn't care. Yeah. It really, really doesn't. I love how much the game doesn't care. It did actually, there was one point in which the game was willing to help me. I was about to finish act one and it said like, hey man, if you progress, you will be pitifully underprepared. Uh, did it tell you that? Wow. Yeah. No, bitterly. It, like, it said, I'm sorry. So you will be bitterly unprepared. Wow. That's worse. Yeah. Bitterly is worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's Way somehow worse. worse. <laughs> yeah. So I said, okay, okay, okay. Thank you, game. Game, I wish you told me this more. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it's completely hands off. <laughs> and I almost feel like that's got to be a really big part of this too. I, you know, I feel like, um, I don't know, just, just like in terms of trends in terms of like societal trends like i feel like a hands-off video game is just very appealing obviously to yeah. hundreds of thousands of people at this point yeah yeah and it is also keeping aloft uh every game's website that now can have millions of page <laughs> views on how to romance the bear yeah. in Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> where's the bear in Baldur's Gate 3? <laughs> <laughs> um do we want to talk at all about the character creation, the fact that it gives you genital options? Because I'm obsessed. Okay, so <laughs> Not like, enough. Here's, here's the thing. I think of how Ben Hansen goes like, and you can listen to this podcast with your kids in the car. <laughs> like, obviously, like, the, ki like I, the parents had to have turned us down by now. So I think, go ahead. I think let's okay, talk about okay. that. Well, yeah. here's what I'll say about it is like, there are different options for your character. And yeah. I was really like, I was really surprised super surprised going into it when i noticed because that was not in the early access version sarah can you confirm no it was not in the early access yeah version. so i thought i i was going into this knowing what the character creator had for me in store and i was i was floored uh but i i read an interview with some of the devs and they talked about how this choice was motivated by like 
being true to like how people want to role play and like sometimes you want to role play your body like your body is an important aspect in this role playing world and so like the fact that you can choose like different body types and different voice types and like you've just got all of these customization options they were like actually it it, it this isn't for like sex scenes this is for like you playing the character in the fullest and most truest way that is for you and like they they also called out the thing that i think is funny in games where you're wearing like really skimpy armor and then you take off all your clothes and you're wearing more underwear than you were previously because nudity just <laughs> you can means steal like, you can steal your companion's underwear and if you want really sexy underwear lazel has the best underwear. Lazel oh my god, does? yeah. Wait, is it the yeah, outfit she wears? So you can just, she has like the full BDSM, like yes. just a bunch of straps. Yeah. Yeah, I you can that. just grab that from her. That's I can't really take her cute. seriously in the at camp. I'm like <laughs> she'll be talking about the worms and I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she is ready to go clubbing, uh, which I love yeah. for her. Mm-hmm. Uh literally, uh, not to a club. I, I will say, in terms of the role playing, uh, a choice that I have never been confronted with in a game was um do I want my uh, my character to be Jewish or not? Yes. Uh, and, and I decided, you know what? I'm role playing as a non-Jewish man. <laughs> why? Really human, though. What, yeah. What's the why there? What was the justification? You know, I was like, I'm 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 gonna put myself in someone else's uh, <laughs> body, and they're yeah. <laughs> maybe their parents made different choices. That's nice. Yeah. I think it's nice mm-hmm. that the game yeah. is like, let's actually talk. Let's confront this. Let's confront the fact that genitalia do not necessarily exist for sexual purposes. Like they are a part of your body, and that that's like. That's good. Like, I think that's a really thoughtful and interesting approach to character creation of being like, yeah, our our bodies are important and the shape of our bodies are important and we should be allowed to be happy with them. And also mm-hmm. just the idea that it's like, it's actually more work to like gate this somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were going to make like only this gender can have these genitals or this voice yeah. or whatever, it's like, it it, it would be like, more confusion more kind of complexity it's like for what purpose like who cares what (laughs) who gains anything by having that i will say though i i misuse it i just stand in the background of my friend's cutscenes and take all my clothes off (laughs) and you can see yourself standing stark naked like over the shoulder of the npc they're talking to like all i do is abuse it that's amazing that's excellent they ruin their story moments. Uh, parents, you can turn us back up again because we're about to talk about Venba. Venba. Mm-hmm. Venba. So Jen, I feel, like, I feel like you were you were saying, hey, we got to talk about Venba this week. It seems like you were truly uh, into this game. Um, were you into it before you played it? Or were you like well aware of it? Or is it just kind of a surprise after playing through this? Uh, I played the demo. Uh, it was just on the list of demos that I wanted to try because I'd seen about the game. And I was curious about it. So I was like, if I... If we say we're going to talk about it in the MinMax show, then I have to make time to play it, which I did. It's not very long at all. It's only, I think, I think, Haley, you estimated like about two hours, which I think is right. An uh, hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's very brisk. It's very beautiful. I definitely cried at the end. Uh, it was, I, I think, based on the 
So it's a it's a it's kind of a cooking game, a kind of a visual novel where you're like living out the the life of this woman who immigrated to Canada uh, and is struggling, <laughs> struggling to make a place for herself and her family uh, and her child. And the cooking plays an important part in like their family build and their connections. And I think going into it, I was expecting there to be more cooking or more story, perhaps. But uh, I was not disappointed with the experience of playing through it and like trying to figure out all of the the kind of puzzle aspect of the of the game of the the cooking. Yeah. So like typically. You tell me, like, hey, Kyle, this week we're talking about, like, a cooking game. I would say, no, I'm not going to play it. Uh, because, like, you know, like, in real life, I don't enjoy cooking too much. It's kind of, it was kind of like a cooking fantasy where, like, you can make mistakes and it just immediately rewinds. Like, actually, like, the cooking stuff was kind of fun. They do, they put so much work into the animation. And, like, like you said, it's a beautiful game. Visual style on this is just uh, off the charts. Really unique. Very, uh, uh, I guess, flatly shaded, right? Just imagine just, like very bold colors in this but um yeah i wouldn't even call it a visual novel right because you do occasionally make choices but none of those really like matter at all uh they're just conversational really to make you more invested in like what's happening what i find really interesting is that it is clearly uh autobiographical you know what i mean yeah. like this is clearly like a personal story that this person went through and all of those details they're able to add makes it such a strong story to tell i feel like yeah I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a very touching story. I thought it did such a good job of demonstrating like the sort of this anxiety that was at the heart of of Venba, the main character and like her family experience. And I think it's I think it's especially incredible that like that I feel like even 5 years ago if this game could have gotten made I never would have heard about it. Like this, this very small indie game that features like an immigrant family and that is like very, very like story driven with light gameplay elements. Like it feels like it would have been really difficult for that to cut through all of the various game offerings. So it feels like a pretty incredible thing that like this, this beautiful little nugget of a game got out there enough that I was able to see it and play it and like. I'm, that makes me just really excited about where games are at this at this at this moment. You know, it's it's interesting you say that because actually the um, the game that I was most thinking of while playing through it was uh, a game released five years ago that is Ooh. one of my favorite games. Yeah. Period, which is Florence. Okay, Florence um, is yes. I think, yeah. I, I think this game uh, not maybe not owes a lot to Florence, but I think if and Florence is the uh, uh, started at least as a mobile game developed by Mountains. It's kind of like a love story again, kind of a visual novel with interactive elements. Yeah. Um, I I think that like it's it is interesting playing through these games, which really like live on their art style, not as like not to the detriment of story or character, but, like, communicate that story and character through through the visual style of the game more than having, like, mountains of text. You know, it's like there is not that much dialogue in this game, even though it is kind of a visual novel. Um, I love that about it. Very succinct speech bubbles, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and you get... the The best part is, like... 
you get a lot of storytelling through the gameplay parts. It's like you you actually make fewer dishes in this game than I was expecting necessarily. You know, it's like yeah. it is not a cooking mama. You make like <laughs> probably 10 foods throughout the course of the game. But every every cooking sequence has like a emotional element in it immediately. Like there's no just like gotta make breakfast so here's what i'm gonna do you know it's like it is always motivated by something and like the way that the cooking plays out is kind of reflecting the uh, you know what point the characters are emotionally at in the story um and also the game went on the story went on even though the game is short the story ended after i thought it was going to end and like the stuff that happens after where i predicted it was going to end is like the best part. Yes. And so I really, I, I was like, for the first hour, I was kind of warm on it. And then it really sold me in like the final 30 minutes or so. Yeah, I w I'll agree. Like it, in, in a way that made me think about it even more as like a movie experience where it is just like, if it had stopped at this moment, it would have been really sad, kind of a bummer game. Uh, but mm -hmm. then it follows through because it, because it has like this full arc and this full character arc and, and story arc that it's trying to tell. And it, once you like see it through to that conclusion, which doesn't take very long at all, it's just like so rewarding. It's such a rewarding, little, beautiful, moving experience. Yeah, I think it does really interesting discussions on like how it feels to be a first generation immigrant and and a second generation immigrant at the same time, like the loss of a culture to assimilate to a different culture, not just as the parent, but then watching that happen to your child and then how the child might feel about that as they age, you know, microaggressions of certain cultures of like, you know, they, they some really important perspectives that aren't really in games. Like just an example is like, um, I've had friends say, you know, it's really frustrating that when I was a kid, they'd say my food smells so gross. Like I hate your food. And then later on when they're older, they see the same people on social media sharing pictures of the food they once told them was gross. Yeah. And they're like, oh, so now my food and my culture is trendy. So it's, it's cool for that to be posted. Like this game kind of tackles those kind of things in a colorful way and it, you can tell that this person directly experienced them for years and years and that's how they weaved it into the story and gameplay of this yeah. and I, you can tell like i don't know this for certain but you can kind of tell that the story is coming from i think the writer is the second generation immigrant child looking back on a perspective and writing it from that lens which is kind of like i don't want to spoil it but that kind of makes the second half that jacob's talking about like more meaningful because that's kind of how it comes full circle and you're like oh now i'm happy again but it's still bittersweet but like it's just a really beautiful game that I wish there was like more and more of. But now I feel like, like you're saying, Jenna, there probably are. I just haven't found them. They haven't reached my social media feeds or something. So, yeah. I mean, uh, search them. You know, not not to parallel them too directly, but Thirsty Suitors, which is another uh, immigrant-based cooking game, is, is coming it? out later this year. That's yeah, I'm very excited for that one. For Thirsty Suitors for sure. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, also, uh, we haven't really talked that much about the food, but as someone who is a big fan of cooking, uh, like I was playing this with my partner and we were like, we have to make this like we were, you know, like learning about dishes and then being like, oh, gosh, there's the um, I mean, the the scene where um, kind of where the feast is being prepared, Yes, yeah. you oh. know, it's like there are so many different dishes in there. There are these little and it's also it's hard because like 
sometimes they do not actually give you the name of what you're making. And so it's like, I'm just going to have to Google like Delicious looking fish. <laughs> yeah. To, to mill chicken noodle soup or yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that soup. Oh my God. That oh, looks so good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. In there? yeah, that's yeah. cool. Ugh. It's the most game I wish that Smell-O-Vision exists. Yes. Like, I've never wanted Smell-O-Vision oh, more than man. this game. When you're chucking the spices in the oil, and they have... The sound design's amazing also, by the way. Like, you can yeah. tell that they had a mic in a pan, and they dropped <laughs> the, like, pods in, and that's the audio they got. And I was like, oh, I know what this smells like, but I can't smell it. And it just, like, makes me so hungry. Yeah. It was in fear. I knew I was going to be... I ate immediately before playing, because I was like, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt me psychically <laughs> otherwise. That's smart. That's like eating before you go to the grocery store. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Before you play delicious so I didn't game. eat my Switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every week before I do the podcast, right? Ben Hansen sends me an email. He's like, here's the ad for this week. Uh, he says, like, he says, like, look, I don't want to hear what you're doing on the podcast this week. Like, you know, you're doing great. Just do whatever you're going to do. Nice. But then this week... He said, hey, if Sarah's on, you got to talk about the Final Fantasy XIV expansion. Because it was announced like two weeks ago, right? Yeah. It's not even hot news, but Ben Hansen <laughs> insists. He really wants to hear about this. He must have some scars from the Game of the Year discussions where I fought for Endwalker to be on our top <laughs> 10 list. Oh, so this is like his little scheme to make you justify how important yeah, that game is? I, I don't, is that what this I don't is? know. I, it, okay. You know, I don't like to think that Ben's a schemer, but when I heard that, I was like, is this because of the trouble I caused at the Game of the Year discussions with Edwalker? Like, I get it better now, it, yeah. Is this, is this what this is about? Um, but essentially what happened is Final Fantasy XIV had their fan fest in Las Vegas, which is where all the fans come out and just celebrate the game. Uh, they announced the next expansion, with it, which is Dawn Trail coming next summer. Um, what's interesting about this is that Endwalker was incredibly heavy and depressing emotionally. Um, kind of, it was the great conclusion to a storyline that had started in A Realm Reborn. So they finally wrapped up like a really big arc that was essentially the arc that tied the entire game together. Hmm. So now they're now we're kind of at a point where it's like, where do we go from here? Like we've you know we've a lot of characters we've concluded this huge arc. What do we do now? And the answer, which I think is so hilarious, is they, they said like anime beach episode <laughs> because the whole the whole premise of Don Trail Yay. is that you're going, you're getting on a ship, you're hitting the beach with your friends. He said it was going to be a little bit of a break from the heavy tone of Endwalker. So. It looks exciting. Um, the only thing that I'm a little like mm, on is they keep calling it like Journey to a New World. It's giving very much Christopher Columbus um, vibe, but they're like, and it looks like don't it's worry. currently mapped on Mexico, right? It's very yeah. much yeah. South really? America. Interesting. But he was like, don't worry, they invited you there, and I'm like, mm, <laughs> did they though? Essentially, I mean, and Final Fantasy has been so good on yeah. release this past year. We should really just give them the benefit of the doubt. It's such a good job. It is, because it's like, it's like a Final Fantasy character holding a taco in the CG trailer. Like, yeah. wow, a taco! Blah, blah, blah. Like, what is, is this exotic cuisine? <laughs> From Venba to... <laughs> they listed the, like, um, exports of one of the local peoples. And one, I just remember one being specifically Mezcal. Like they specifically called out Mezcal was like, and it was like coffee, Mezcal. And I was like, okay, I, Sorry, I what is didn't Mezcal? Know, I don't know what that is. It's like a tequila. Oh. It's smoky. a tequila type liquor. Yeah, it's a so smoky liquor. That's been liquor. Can canonized in Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. <laughs> but it, another thing that he did, and apparently he, there is some precedent for this, but they announced two new classes. 
Um, you Every expansion comes with two new classes. These will both be DPS, one melee, one ranged. But apparently he does this thing, and I didn't know because I'm still kind of new to it, where sorry, he just wears a t-shirt. Who's, who's he? Who's he? Yoshi P. I'm sorry. The, mm-hmm. the high, high producer of Final Fantasy XIV, mm-hmm. lovingly known as Yoshi P, will just wear a t-shirt that hints at what the class will be. Okay. To, like, to give you some backstory, he <laughs> wore a Spider-Man t-shirt for Samurai because the director of Spider-Man was Sam Ramy. Ramy. Ramy, and he was like, if, and he was like, that means it's <laughs> the next class is going to be samurai. Um, Wait, does Yoshi and Sam, he say Sam this? Ramy, samurai, samurai, because they're kind of spelled the same. Oh, this yeah, is, this is like Swifty's conspiracy theory. Like yes. Taylor specifically put like it that. It goes deep. Uh, he wore a Scarlet Witch shirt for Red Mage, which makes more sense. That's okay. Okay. Scarlet yeah, okay. Red yeah. Mage, like, mm-hmm. and he did like Batman was for like. Dark Knight, black like, okay. t-shirt. Yeah, for like, okay, I get it. But this time he wore a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirt. Ninjas. And pe- but ninjas already in the game. Oh, turtles. That'd be so obvious. People are like, obvious, too. Turtles? People are really, turtles. yeah, pizza? people are like, turtles? Pizza? Yeah. It, it um, teens? Yeah. It, what could, but it's, usually it's a past Final Fantasy class. So usually it's a class that has already existed in a Final Fantasy game. There can't be many left. There are apparently a lot. A lot of just okay. like random ones that have only been in one Final Fantasy game. Hmm. Wait, so what do you, do you have hopes? Do you have hopes for a new class? People have been guessing that one of the classes is going to be, is it pronounced Corsair? Like a swashbuckler, yeah, so. yeah. like gun and oh, single yeah. sword because it's like a pirate thing and you're yeah. on a pirate ship. Okay. Um, but there's a like mage a, and I have no clue. Is it like a ninjas versus pirates thing where it's like he was wearing Ninja Turtles to hint at the pirate, I'm just. We can only speculate at <laughs> okay, this point. <laughs> we can only speculate. So, hmm. hopefully, he reveals it soon because I really want to know because this is really bothering me. <laughs> Would you play as a new class? Would you make a new character? Um, the nice thing about Final Fantasy XIV is you can have one character that knows all the classes. They're oh, really sure. so that you can have one character and then you can swap between as many classes as you want. Um, and yeah, if it's, I really like ranged caster. So I'll probably pick up whatever ranged caster they put down unless it's, like, really hard, and then maybe I won't. But, yeah, it's always fun to try out the new classes. And then do you have... How deeply do you care about the story? Or like, are you ready to have, like, a little, you know, vacation in, I in am. that world? Okay. I am. I really... My favorite expansion was Shadowbringers, which is where they actually went to, like, an entirely different location that wasn't where the main game had been. And it was nice to have that break and explore a new location. Is that the one with the so, giant tower? The Japanese tower? Yeah, the Crystal Tower. Yeah. Cool. So that was the that was re- I that was my favorite one cuz it actually took you to a new world, new rules, new problems. So I'm hoping that this will be similar in sort of like an exploration type thing cuz it's hard when you have to continuously write a game about you being the chosen one and everybody <laughs> knowing you're a chosen one, and you can only hit that beat so hard. So it's nice to like go to a new place and it's like, nobody knows you're the chosen one anymore. Guess you got to prove yourself again. Uh, and one last thing, sorry. So I watched the, the CG trailer, right? And there's like a face reveal of just some guy who I think oh. is the warrior of light, right? Like yes. the guy who's always in he the trailer. He got trailers. a new haircut. Oh, that yeah, was the new, new haircut for Got the new it. graphics update. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's like he's pushed back. He looks very like a swashbuckling pirate. He had some grays. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, um, I don't know why. They just changed his hair, and I was like, why was that such a reveal that his hair is different? <laughs> is that not enough? And that's not until next next summer, 2024. Yep. Oh, 2024. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Exciting stuff. Everybody play. Now you can play because the first, they wrapped up the story. So now you have time. You have, all, you have a year. You have a year to get from Realm Reborn all the way through Endwalker. You can play up to <laughs> and through Stormblood for free. For free, no <laughs> limits on game time. I don't want to hear your excuses, but I just didn't want to pick it up, okay? Because it's free. So, how I've, sincere is this appeal right now? How sincere are you being? Very sincere. Oh, okay. But also, like, it is free. So, like, if you got time, what are you doing? What well, you got better things to do? No, you don't. What, it's Baldur's a real it's, a, core? it's an it's interesting definition yeah. of free. It's like, hey, it costs no money and 400 hours. So. <laughs> it does cost a lot of hours. Uh, I had one more important question. How does this whole thing operate? Hmm. Not for free. For free, but not for free? Patreon.com slash minmax is the answer, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, for free, but not for much like Final Fantasy 14. Uh, Min Max is for free, but not for free. Um, you can check out the Patreon <laughs> to see what kind of things, bonus things, you know what I mean? Bonus incentives you can receive as a patron uh, for uh, Min Max's various shows. You know, you can you can hang out in the backstage pass and watch this very podcast being recorded live uh, hours before anyone else is able to hear it. Anything else cool happening on the Patreon this week? Ooh, I know we've got hey, a- you get to vote on New Show Plus every week. Yeah. Any tier you get in our Discord, where I will personally like uh, your pet and put an emoji on it. <laughs> I've been doing that for four straight months and I have not missed a single pet. I will do it to your pet. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, the Discord's popping. Yeah. Oh, Discord's the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. good place yeah. to be. We have like the best community ever. Yeah. Uh, we shall take a moment now to thank MinMax's biggest sponsors. First up, HelloFresh. Hey, you should banish the end of summer blues with HelloFresh. There's no need to stress about how you'll handle it at all this fall because HelloFresh takes care of the meal planning and delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to your home. So whipping up a hand, excuse me, a homemade meal is a cinch. Feel like you would love a wholesome homemade meal, but there's just not enough time? That happened to Venba's husband. With HelloFresh, <laughs> all you need is 15 minutes and you'll be enjoying a tasty, satisfying meal made in your own kitchen. Just look at for their quick and easy dinner options, plus quick breakfast and lunches too. Here's um, why I like HelloFresh. Bring it on. Yeah. I wanted to make tacos. This is, I've been using HelloFresh for like a few months now and I, I really like it, but not sponsored either by me. I just like it. I use it. <laughs> and uh, my partner and I were like, let's make fun tacos. So let's go get all the stuff we need for tacos. And we wanted to make them with red cabbage because it's just like the crunch oh, is perfect. Yeah. It's like the perfect ingredient. My supermarket only sells whole heads of red cabbage, <laughs> like the entire cabbage. And we're like, do we justify spending like $7 on an entire cabbage, which we know we're just going to cut the front, 
use it on our like six tacos and then like what eat cabbage like i don't know like we could make other meals but their whole rest of the week is cabbage focused we have to use the cabbage but then with HelloFresh, they actually have a lot of taco options like i think every week is like a different like there's always a taco they give you the perfect amount of cabbage that's like the first thing i thought i was like i wonder if there's gonna be just enough cabbage and there was just enough and that's all i need and i didn't need to spend seven dollars and then have a cabbage rotting in my fridge and i feel guilty because i'm killing the environment by yeah because you don't want to throw it out right, right. you're like maybe no. i'll use that cabbage you yeah. won't you won't use the cabbage you never but it's gonna live in my your fridge, fridge until every day it, and i'm yeah. like cabbage i hate you like it just makes me feel so <laughs> every day but HelloFresh has solved that cabbage problem for me Beautiful. Uh, thank you, Haley, for humanizing this ad read. That was so nice. <laughs> um, what you need to know, listeners, is that you can go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 MinMax. That's two N's, M-I-N-N-M-A-X. And use code 50 MinMax for 50% off plus free shipping. Once more, that is HelloFresh.com slash 50 MinMax. And use code 50 MinMax for 50% off plus free shipping. One more Hello time. HelloFresh. One more time. HelloFresh.com <laughs> slash 50 minmax. Use code 50 minmax for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh. Really good. America's number one meal kit. Uh, also, another big thank you to a longtime supporter of Minmax. I am 8-Bit, who this week would like to let you know about their neon white exclusive edition for PS5 and Switch. Neon White, of course, is the single-player speedrunning FPS where you can sacrifice your guns for godlike parkour moves. Uh, it does include five Neon White anime-style character peeker stickers. Check out that website. Uh, uh, you can use a promo code. There's a promo code right here. For $10 off anything under $100, it is GOAT CHEESE MONTH, all caps. As in greatest of all time, CHEESE MONTH, all caps, GOAT CHEESE MONTH. That's $10 off $100. Uh, excuse me, $10 off everything under $100. And then also, uh, I Am 8-Bit is so kind, they deliver a prize to the winner of Question of the Week, the Community Question of the Week. Every week wins a prize. This week, that prize is Behind the Frame, the Nintendo Switch Exclusive Edition. Uh, the neat special pack-in with this one is three actually mailable postcards. Mm. Oh, featuring art from the game. That's cool. Very cool. Thank you to everybody who uh, makes MinMax operate. And now, time for community questions. As I just said, always high stakes with these because the best question wins a prize. Um, good prizes too. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you know, there's no there's no real determining factor for like what is the best question. It's always just a vibe check. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a, you know, it's however the panel really just vibes with at the end of the conversation. Let's start with this one from Felix Diaz. Nowadays, we are so informed about video game releases, but when do you remember having an overwhelming anticipation for a video game release for the first time? The first one I remember being very aware of to the point of going to the midnight release may have been GTA 4. Mm. First time you ever been insanely hyped for a video game that you can remember. I have uh, never in my life been more excited for a video game than the release of Super Smash Brothers Brawl, um, <laughs> yeah. which was there was I think I've talked about this before, but um, there was a thing called Smash Bros Dojo dot com where every single day, like 
at, at like midnight, um, they would release just one thing that was going to be in the game. And it might be a character or it might be like the Pokeball is in this game or like <laughs> a stage or whatever. But every single day I would wake up and I would look at Smash Bros. Dojo before I went to school. And then I would go and I would talk to my friends about like what had been on like Smash Bros. Dojo. Yeah, I truly, I mean, I, and then, you know, and I went to the midnight release and like Super Smash Bros. Brawl, a, a good game, kind of a disappointment after oh. Melee or whatever. And so like it was, I also had the experience of like, I've never been more excited about this and I'm coming to terms with the fact that I just kind of like this and am not like at having my life changed by it. Uh, when, do you remember the first time you slipped in Brawl? I mean, I, I assume the first match I played. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was that was the moment. That was like the hold on a second. <laughs> that was like the maybe the first moment where I'm like, maybe this isn't super hyped. Mm -hmm. I remember that well. Do you feel like that changed how you approach getting hyped for games? I think. I mean, it's hard to know because also it's just I was in middle school, and I think we have more of a capacity for excitement uh, <laughs> in middle school. But like. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not, like, a, a giant sequel is not, like, the, well, of course it's going to be good uh, that it was when I was uh, 12 years old. Fair. I'd love to hear more of those. I mine's think for me be... it was, uh, oh, no, go you go ahead, Sarah. No, okay. Uh, mine's got to be the Animal Crossing for GameCube. <sighs> I I don't even know. There was not that much information out about the game when I was a kid. All they had was the commercials. Do you guys remember, like, the people in the Animal Crossing villager costumes? Like, they were yes. really into that, like, human in giant costume. So all the Animal Crossing, and they were doing, like, a Friends thing. They were like, imagine if your neighbor was a gorilla, like, oh, Animal Crossing on the Nintendo GameCube. And I got so into it. I was literally drawing photos before the game came out. Like, I was drawing little pictures of everything I was going to do in the game. I was like, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to water my flowers. Like, I'm oh, going to talk to my neighbors. I was you so had, like, into Power it. Power or something? What were you reading? No. I literally just commercials on TV. Must have been wow. the only way I was getting any information about the game, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wild to think about. Mm -hmm. You were just like every time that commercial came up, you're scribbling. Just like, like a TV, TV, just yeah. trying to like remember every detail of every little thing they showed. And then how long after the game came out, did you go pick it up? I think I got it. I got it for Christmas. Nice. So it was one of those things where it's like they released the game and then I had to wait in anticipation. Yeah. Knowing that I was probably going to get it for Christmas. And so then that, I think in this a... case, it paid off, right? Absolutely. Everything you were I've... drawing and doodling like paid off in the game. Yeah, I immediately opened the game. Uh, I got chased by bees and I cried. <laughs> we got over that. And then I didn't I didn't know how to save the game. So Rossetti yelled at me and then I cried again. But once we got past those learning curve of playing like, Animal I didn't Crossing, drop no. <laughs> it, it's been like one of my favorite franchises forever. I think for me it was Nintendogs. I remember being so excited for Nintendogs because I just was such a dog kid. And like the thought of like, I have a digital dog that I can raise and it listens to me, question mark. Like, you remember how you had to yell like, Lucky, mm. Lucky. And like, you it would eventually the learn mic. its name. Yeah. And it like took forever Sit. for it to learn it. Sit. You <laughs> <laughs> would take the agility courses and the two dudes that would be like, pretty good, Silver. And you'd be like, damn it. You'd have to go train your like 12 week old mm -hmm. puppy. <laughs> like, 
keep yeah, training. Do it, it better next course. time. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember how you were became aware of Nintendogs? Probably commercials too. I remember they had really cute commercials for Nintendogs. Just like real puppies, like in a basket rolling over, and then they'd like be teleported into the DS, like swoop, and then you'd be like, now I'm holding it in my hand. And you saw that commercial and you're like, I gotta get that. I game. gotta trap those portable puppies. <laughs> That's amazing. Because there was other kind of like you own a dog games on like the advance, I think, or like even on the DS, probably before Nintendo came out. I remember there was like dogs with a Z. You know yes. how there's like horses with a Z? Oh, cats. yeah. Cats with a Z. I, I like yeah. that game. Yeah. But that was just like 2D and like you just run up to the puppy and you go like this and the heart shows up. Whereas like when the 10 dogs, you're like scratching that little <laughs> head with your stylus and it's like, hell yeah. And it like it feels more like actually petting a puppy. My kid brain was like, oh, yeah, I need that like immediately. I need that day one. They weren't well modeled dogs, to be fair. You know what I mean? They weren't like overly cartoonish, cartoonish or anything. They were like those. Those were good looking yeah. dogs. Well, what was evil is you had to own different games to own different dogs. Yeah. Right? So, like, there were, like, like three or multiple Mm. DS games, and you're like, well, and they would split the good dogs up. You'd be (laughs) like, well, the Shiba Inu's on this one, but, like, the Pomeranian's on this one. So, like, they would purposely split, I think, top tier dogs. Pokemon style that. Yeah. yeah, Why did they do that? Your friend's house to see what their dogs looked like. Yeah. Look, much much like in real life, spending a lot of money on a purebred, not worth it. Just go to the shelter. They got plenty of good dogs there. Hell yeah. Yeah, There was no mutt breed. It was only purebred, poodle, lab, like only those guys. Jenna, what do you got? What was the most most anticipated most hyped you've ever been for a video game in your life i i probably for portal 2 because i was so into portal 1 and i was just like more of portal ah that was probably it i didn't i didn't i was just happy to get any game growing up so like the idea of of desiring a game is so foreign to how i grew up if if a game found its way into my clutches, whatever it was, I simply played it until I could no longer play it. But that's so fair, yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, terrible, terrible games. Terrible games. Uh, but Portal 2 is the first one that I can remember being like, oh my God, they're making another Portal game. Portal 2, I can't wait. And then afterwards, it was like, I can't wait for Portal 3 to come out. Surely they'll make another. <laughs> <laughs> still waiting this is the start of amazing things <laughs> yeah, it's trilogy time come on valve man, let's see it that really did feel like a different time man yeah they, they was like what like you know they were just on team fortress was happening still like yeah. that was a whole different valve yeah v- uh, the mm-hmm. valve golden era of when they actually made games yeah now they just make so much money from Steam. Why would you ever do anything else ever? They're again? in an actual golden era right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I was thinking about it. I think it's actually um, uh, Zone of the Enders had a Metal Gear Solid 2 demo disc in it. And I think I'm actually like, if I'm like actually processing my emotions, I think I was way ex- more excited for the demo disc of Metal Gear Solid 2 <laughs> than the actual release. Um, you, you just read about that for so long. You look at screenshots. It looks impossible. It looks like an impossible game. I can't believe it would actually look that good or you could do all those things. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that demo is like, it's all, it's like half the tanker. It's really cool. You can stuff people in lockers and you can hide in the lockers and shoot parts of their bodies and then like their hand stings. I'm like, ah, my hand. So anyway, uh, the demo <laughs> disc for me. Demo disc for uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, I think most type it's ever been. Nice. I love that it's a demo disc. Release. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I feel about Silent Hills. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
it's funny you couldn't be hyped for silent hills right because like that was such a sneaky release yeah. of uh what's it called playable demo P- pt yeah, the pt, PT. yeah playable teaser yeah 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 yeah, yeah. PT. heck yeah <laughs> this is from travis and fargo i was a grown adult before i heard of the concept of save scumming aka save shamming which by the way i've not heard of before mm-hmm. anyway what's the deal with this I appreciate being able to save anytime I darn well please. Uh, appropriate discussion to have on a Baldur's Gate 3 week. <laughs> I will shamelessly say I've been doing this in my playthrough, but not yes. only for really stupid stuff. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. if I miss a skill check and it's because I missed a skill check for an important story thing, that's fine. But like, one time I was talking to a cow and he was being <laughs> really suspicious and I wanted to know what's his deal, who is this cow, and I lost the persuasion check and he said, I'll go away. And I was like, no, I need to know. <laughs> Cow. It had no effect on anything else, so I didn't feel guilty about it after. I just learned a little weird thing about what this cow is do- it- doing there. There's a mystery to it. I- what was I mystery? Spoil- should yeah. I spoil yeah. the cow? Oh, yeah. spoil yeah. I also failed that check. I failed oh, that check you? as well. It's yeah, a, well. It's a... Dr- it's a druid hiding because he knows no. a war. Like they're about to go into a fight, and like he mm-hmm. wants to leave, but they weren't right. letting the tieflings leave, and like so no one could leave. So he's like, "I'm just gonna be a cow and like hide in the back and be like, boo." <laughs> and then when the fight happens, he just doesn't have to fight with anyone. So he's just kind of honestly a, jerk. a great idea. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty yeah. Good. And he's it's like, incredible. "I'm gonna get to Baldur's Gate on four legs <laughs> if I have to. Like I don't care." That's and I was awesome. like, "Fair enough." And he's like, "Now go away." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> is the question? I'm sorry. Is is the question saying? Uh, that is he asking us uh, why we save scum or why there is a negative connotation attached to uh, saving and reloading? It's a very open-ended question because he just says, what's the deal with this? But I do feel like there's a little bit of uh, defensiveness with the follow-up sentence. I Mm -hmm. appreciate being able to save whenever I darn well please. So I do feel like it's a little accusatory. Oh, because you... Yeah, because being able to save whenever... Yeah, in some games, like, I remember, like, I first learned about save scumming when I was playing, like, Tales of Symphonia, because mm-hmm. I realized that, like, at certain parts of the game, a party member will just leave, and they won't tell you if they're gonna leave, and they take all your stuff, and uh. I was like, hold on a second, like, if you're gonna leave, I'm not gonna let you leave with that legendary sword attached to you, so then I had to reload the game, and that's when I was like, oh, like, I should save as often as possible, and I should save separately all my save files, different ones, I don't oversave, because what if there's an emergency... Um, but for Baldur's Gate, I definitely will go, I'm about to do something really stupid, autosave. <laughs> and then you walk in and you do whatever really stupid idea you had, and maybe it'll pay off, maybe it won't. But if it doesn't, doesn't matter. Go back. Undo. The yeah. Sims is also a great game for that, too. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I haven't saved in four hours, and I'm about to cook something with my Sim who can't cook. Let me just hit a quick save. And then if they light on fire and die, I can just go right back. I've seen people lose like the legacy challenges where they have like a hun- they have to have a hundred families in a row, oh. and they can't like they can't save scum is like a rule, I guess, with those kind of challenges. And Very they'll cool. have like someone who, if they don't have a kid, the bloodline's over, and they'll be on like <laughs> love like seventy two families in their house has so many frames of the, the family's has past, ended. and the person will like get, have a heart attack from fear of a ghost, and they're just like. Okay, cool. It's like the same energy as like the Bloodborne playthroughs where you can't get hit and they get hit and they just lost like that so much of their lives, but just the Sims, I guess. My uh, my partner loves to talk about, I think it was an early, maybe Sims 1 or 2, where uh, there was an incredibly low chance that you could be killed by a falling satellite. 
that you would just go outside and like look at the sky and a satellite would fall on your sim and kill them. It happened weirdly a lot. Like, I don't know why, but like that would happen all the time. I had a sim in The Sims 4 and she was a neat freak, so she hated dirt. And there was a dirty plate somewhere and I could not find it and it was f***ing her off. Like the angry moodlet was on her nonstop and she died because she was so pissed. Like she just was like, and then died and the Grim Reaper came and I was like, no, don't actually want to keep using her. I hadn't saved in several hours. And he was like, nope, you get like one chance. And sometimes he's like, okay, and signs a contract and she comes back to life. He was like, nope, she's gone. And I still don't know what, where the plate, like I tore that house apart. To this apart. day. <laughs> Till this day. The telltale plate being it. under the, the it was under the floorboards, probably. Yeah. yeah. My first experience. What a way to murder someone, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you know I they're that kind it. of person, you just take their plate. Easy murder. You don't even have to feel that guilty. Just hide under the fridge <laughs> and then wait. My first experience with safe scumming was before I knew what it was called. This is just this is just the natural gamer instinct coming through, mm-hmm. right? Uh, was the Magical Knights Ray Earth uh, RPG? If any of you are familiar with that game. You're not. So that game has some epic boss battles that you cannot and are not supposed to win. I hate those. (laughs) Show me ahead of time. How dare you make me waste all my items? Yes. So uh, I didn't know that, though. Uh, It's bad game design, in my opinion. An extraordinary uh, long amount of time spent, like, uh, playing like the the ROM hacked ROM version of the game, uh, and saves coming in the game because I would be like, well, I've got to defeat this. I'm the I'm the Magic Knight's Ray Earth. I have to defeat this bad guy. And going in and just trying, throwing myself over and over again at this boss that I didn't realize could not could not be beaten. Hard coded in the game to be impossible to beat. Uh, and so that was my first experience with saves coming, which I think is why I still to this day don't saves. I just I'm willing to throw my body on the experience of whatever happens. I there's just you can't go back. So you just have to find a way to move forward. That would have been such I, a valid one though to go I would mm-hmm. no judgment on that one. <laughs> it's actually yeah, I actually it's something I or like reassuring to me. It's like what I like about Souls games is that it's like, hey man, I saved. You can't go back. Sorry, bro. You know what I mean? It's like I I, I overwrote your one save file. I actually like it's kind of like reassuring. In a weird way. So yeah. like, I don't have to deal with that stress of managing my saves. Yeah. And I find it's a slippery slope if I live stream a game where if I if I save stream, if I save scum once, then every time anything that happens, anything happens in the game, good or bad, I think people in the audience are going to be like, you know, save some that can you save some? We want a different thing to happen. Mm-hmm. So and so it's just like I just like. Nobody nobody gets saves coming until we've eaten all our vegetables. So it's like once <laughs> once in a rare occasion, I will allow such a thing. I With the that. Baldur's Gate lens, do you guys feel like it's... I can see how some people could get mad, like, don't save scum, like, a charisma check and you fail it. Because that's the story, right? Like, yeah. if you were in a real D&D and you rolled, no one, you wouldn't, like, take the dice and sneakily, like, roll it again and think no one saw. Like, just, like, get the output <laughs> and that's what happens. But with combat, like, when a, when a fight isn't going well, I'm not going to lie, when hit you F6. tell... <laughs> That you're not coming out on top, I will just like reload because honestly, I don't want to have to sit there and wait for everyone to die. No, you yeah, know? and, and you like, can or tell. even if three are dying, I'm like, that's so many scrolls I have to use. Like, yeah. I'd rather just try again. Like, no one would judge you for that, right? That's the level. I, no. feel, I, th- I think Baldur's Gate Three is designed around it. Honestly, it's yeah, so okay. hard that there's no reasonable way that they could expect you to get through that without dying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you should save scum if you want to. I don't think there should be yeah. any shame attached to it. You find your own joy in games. <laughs> 
uh, let's play a game. This comes from Christian J. Save. It's called Auto Save. I'm saying Save complete. Save successful. Okay. <laughs> it's called Riddle Me This. Uh, you're going to get a, a, a short little riddle, and you have to guess what game is being hinted at there. Here's number one. Your memories of this adventure may not flood back, but our time in the sun was a sunshine. blast. Super Mario Sunshine. Yes. Yep. Woohoo. Oh, because of the flood. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mario. You can do a quick save here if you want. You're quick one save. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, quick save again. <laughs> oh, thank you. We hang on by a thread. It separates us from life. We hang on by a thread. It separates us from life. The thread? Mm -hmm. It's not Death Stranding, right? It is Death Stranding. Oh, okay, Haley, reload. Haley, reload. Take my answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, F5. <laughs> okay. We hang on by a thread. It Death Stranding. Us. Yes. Okay, that's two oh, points. Oh, wow. Haley, you're so good at this. Wow. <laughs> Would you like to save? Is this patronizing? I'll save. <laughs> no. Okay, great. Okay. That's how this I sleep all this game. This makes this fun, yeah. Uh, okay. You said it was a lie. You can't have Portal. your cake. Yes. Save. <laughs> he didn't even get the cake. Really good. Now, yeah, now yeah. she's. Now I think I'm going back in time too. <laughs> like this is like Haley's erasing my <laughs> memory so she can do this faster. Yeah, she. That was that was suspiciously quick. Yeah, that was very very quick. You are allowed to interrupt if you so choose. Okay, Haley three, everyone else zero. Save. Here we go. And we got a new save. This is a video game riddle. The reader must now read it. Can you solve it? The reader must now read it? Oh, is this the Stanley Parable or something? Oh my god, yeah. Stanley Parable. Nice. Wow, okay. I'll, I won't resave. I'll, I'll give Sarah one. I won't <laughs> okay, yeah. Because then it'll be suspicious. I can't yeah, have 100% win. Of course, They'll yeah. be like, you save scummed. Yeah. <laughs> From machines and software... This will be the ember that ignites the planet. Near Automata. Horizon mm. Zero Dawn? Mm -mm. Machines and software. Uh, get, we'll give it one more go. Again. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to put, I'm going to change my emphasis and it's going to ruin the riddle. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Rum. Machines and software. Oh. Armored core. Six. Fires okay. of Rubicon. That was a good clue, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you, Christian J. Fun game. Uh, Haley won, by the way. Three points. With three points. Haley Very fairly. Mm -hmm. Totally fairly. Thank Nailed you. it. Crushed Wasn't it. it. You would have won anyway. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Sarah would have tied. 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 Haley oh, yeah. would have tied, yeah. Good man. Yep, yep, yep. Um... This is from Clemens Schwartz. Hi, Mr. Bossman and the Maxers. You are all the Maxers, by the way. Nice. In game dev, we often talk about finding the fun, especially when designing the core gameplay, but that does not necessarily mean fun in the usual sense. What is the weirdest kind of fun you enjoy in a game that might not be fun for anyone else? Hmm. I like just riding around in Red Dead 2 and like pretending that's just me and i'm in the world and i don't have any goals i'm just like i think i want to go to valentine and i'll just slowly ride there and while i just like listen to a podcast and i find that really enjoyable for some reason 
I really I, I, was, I don't think that's unusual. I think I feel like that's a, a huge appeal of Red Dead Redemption too. That's true. I see those. Yeah. Uh, maybe it helps that I, I'm really jealous of those people that are in those like role playing trail ride groups. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting deep, and now it's a bit embarrassing. I mean, what, it, what is that? They all get together oh, and they trail those. ride, and it's so cute. Mm-hmm. And they just like ride from one side of the map to the other together, at, like a trot. Like they're not okay jealous, in Red Dead. In Red I, Red thought, I thought this online. was like a LARPing yeah, thing. Red Dead Online. <laughs> Red Dead online. <laughs> No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would um, like to do that too. That'd be fun. Are they allowed to chat or is it like yeah, yeah, cowboy they code? Chat, you they can't Some of them oh, are okay. no chat. Some of them are oh. very really? strict no chat. Yeah, oh, you can no. just whistle. I would be kicked out. You can just whistle or like do the, you know how there's you emotes that are like whistle. like a sim or something. You can only yeah. do that. And I if you like shoot every- anyone, you're out. They just like bombard you with bullets. <laughs> I didn't like, realize it was no so aggressiveness. That most what if say, everyone everyone turned their mics way down so you had to yell like you were a realistic distance from the other person <laughs> on the horse. That What's my that over there? Yeah, that'd be good. Um, I, I know for a fact other people enjoy this, but I do still think it's weird. Um, there, there are those rooms in like Skyrim where there is gold all over the floor and it's kind of like an aesthetic choice of like, oh, you walked into a gold hoard, but you can go and individually pick up every single piece which is like a very annoying thing to do but at the end you have the satisfaction of like i took every piece of gold from this room and now there's no more of it um Mm. and it's like you could design a quick pickup where you just like grab all of it in one go but it's very satisfying to just individually pick up every little piece How much gold we talking? Did you pick them all yeah. up? I mean, it's even it's not even that much. It's like a total of <laughs> 300 or something. But oh. like they're all on the floor so you can see them all. Then you just oh individually 300 times clicked pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. Yep. Pick them up, pick them Could up. Could you like, like the yell them into the corner to make it easier? Oh, well, know. that would have been smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that one like Luigi's Mansion level where you can like vacuum up all the sand. Mm. Oh, yeah. When you get to that Egyptian level and like that's the kind of stuff that I really like to do in video games. I just really like like if I can destroy every single chair in a room, I will sit there and like in Elden Ring and meticulously roll into every single oh, furniture yeah. until it's like clean and done. I don't know. It's very clean. satisfying. <laughs> Clean, just the shrapnel all over the ground. <laughs> I love platforming it in non-platforming games. I love, I especially oh, love yeah. that. I love doing mm-hmm. that in like Fallout games or just any of them, where it's just like you. It's very liberal with the movement you have with jump and stuff. So you just sort of like, I just want to, I just want to climb, and I just want to see how far I can get in the game into weird little mm-hmm. corners that I can then tuck my little gamer body up into. Uh, and Fallout, I play a lot of Fallout seventy six, and that game is great because at a certain level they just give you a jetpack, and so you can really get some places. If you have the jetpack and like a mutated jump ability and all of the uh, perks that make your mutated abilities more intense, you can really get some places that the game probably does not want you to be. And that's where I want to be. <laughs> I want to be in those corners. You're like 50% mm-hmm. of the way to being a speedrunner, honestly, because isn't that 9% <laughs> yeah. just rolling into corners until clipping happens and then you're somewhere else? Yeah, but I don't want to have a goal. <laughs> the, oh, explor- <laughs> the exploration is the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, I bet the devs didn't think anyone would go into this tiny corner, <laughs> but I did. Ew, look, I'm looking at all the seams and gaps in your textures. Like no, a little let me texture ask you something, really, 
Uh, do you, uh, are you disappointed when there's a little treat in there for you? No, I love it. I love you know what that. I mean? When the developers were like, yeah, we know you'd come up here. We knew. Is yeah. It, oh, you love GTA that? five roof yeah. thing or was it four <laughs> that had like, if you got up here, like we knew you would or something written on the roof in one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love think stuff of, like, like Halo that. Infinite. They yeah. had some cool like high up surprises. Yeah. 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 I love, I love when I they always... anticipate it and I love when they don't. Cool. I always think of in in like the first room of Amnesia: The Dark Descent, you could stack up a bunch of chairs and like climb out, and it's like that is absolutely the least like platforming game ever. But if you got all the way up to the roof, there was like some message that was like, "Haha, good job." Awesome. I know Apex does like the little Nessie doll. They'll like stuff that somewhere really high every yeah. round, and you yeah. can like find it. You know what I like to do? I like to like just. This is going to, never mind, I sound insane. Wow. Uh, mistreat NPCs. <laughs> I like to like, <laughs> do you know how like uh, if you just keep walking against an NPC, like eventually you can make you can them move? Them. Yeah, I just kind of like, I like just like putting an NPC where they don't belong anymore. I presume that it's very frustrating for them and I'll like talk to them. Like, what are you going to do about this? And they can't obviously do a thing. So like, that's like, that's my kind of sick fun, I guess. Did you bully an Animal Crossing? Like hit them with the net and stuff? No, but I guess I like socially bullied them by like giving them bad presence on purpose. <laughs> they get pissed if you hit them with the net. They like properly are like, stop. Don't and if empower you do enough days him, in a row, they Don't give him really? more. Yeah. That might be your <laughs> new game of the year if you want to play it now. <laughs> Bully a bunch of animals. There was would, one like, guy I was them. waiting for him to go. Sorry? You can push them into like pitfalls. So like yeah. you can bury a pitfall, which is it looks just like a normal spot on the ground. But if you step on it, your character falls in and gets stuck. And I would bury a bunch of those around the villages I didn't like and then push them in. And they know. They're like, help me. Get me out of here. Like, why would you do this to me? And then they can't get out? It's like a new day starts they eventually, the They eventually, like, wiggle them their way out. But, okay. you know, it takes them a bit. I think I saw some player, like, in Breath of the Wild knock a character across the entire map just to push them in lava. I can't remember what NPC it was. <laughs> but it was, like... A 12-hour ordeal because you run into them and they go back like a foot and then that's the whole map and i think if like a bacoblin shows up it's like ah, and like runs back a hundred feet so then and you people have to kill will the say they don't have time to play final fantasy 14 free all the way to stormblood <laughs> but you have time to pick up 300 apples what are you gonna do with them nothing why you don't need that many apples fair point I you know what? And I love the the way the question was framed from a game designer, right? Because it's like, how do you like even plan on people just having their own stupid fun? You know what I mean? Like, they're just they're like little idiots. They're gonna just be little idiots in the world that you're creating. Like, how do you facilitate that? And I don't think you can plan on it really. It just kind of yeah. Happens. I guess you just kind of like try to not put too many railings on the experience. You know, it's like. Someone could put invisible walls in all the places that Jenna was jumping, but like, why? You know, That's does, not fun. It, it's like it's okay. The player knows that they're kind of breaking the game, and like, it's cool. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, next question is from Stark. Hey, what's going on with Rockstar Games and its legacy titles? Last week's underwhelming announcement of RDR, Red Dead Redemption on PlayStation 4 and Switch, makes me think the company has not learned any lessons from the disastrous re-release of GTA Trilogy. Spicy phrasing there. It's funny. It's always funny when people phrase like learn lessons. Hey, guess what? They learned a lesson. They made a lot of money from it. 
Yeah, a great lesson for them to learn. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure GTA Trilogy. Yeah, made millions and sold millions. Yeah. Um, I guess if you wanted some context from if your listener who has no idea what we're talking about, GTA Trilogy had GTA Three, Vice City, and San Andreas. And just like I think it was buggy. I think it ran poorly. It did not feel definitive. Right. And the the art style was updated in a really not great looking way. Like people were mad at the kind of redid. Oh, straight up like redrawing faces, right? Yeah. Um, which is different than Red Dead, uh, which is untouched uh, as far as I can tell. Like it is just exactly the game that came out on Xbox 360 and PS3 being brought to PS4 and Switch. Is the Switch that most games that go on Switch that were on, you know, PS4 and other consoles, they have to significantly lower the graphics because the capability of the Switch is just not on par with the other consoles. What is that going to look like? It's well, still it was, a it was on beefy. It was like an Xbox 360 game, though. I guess just RDR one. This is just this yeah. is the old old. They have LA Noir on there. Do and the people with okay. Switch want to play that? That's my question. Hmm. I think anyone... okay. So the other thing we didn't talk about is this. This is fifty U.S. dollars. Yeah, and I what? think <laughs> yeah, yep. that'll be like eighty Canadian too. By the way, y'all, it's way worse Brutal. for us. <laughs> yeah. You have to pay to pretend to be an American cowboy, Haley. <laughs> I guess that's fair. We have no cowboys. And I think all of Alberta. I think it's going to sell like crazy. I think, yeah. I think there are there are. You know, there are so many switches out there that mm -hmm. somebody's like, ooh, Red Dead Redemption? I haven't played that in years. Like, I bet that'll be the number one platform for this re-release. Yeah, I mean, like, it's already on PS4 stream-wise through, like, what's it called? Play Now or something. Like, you can only stream play PlayStation it. PlayStation Now, yeah. PlayStation Now, yeah. And, like, I tried to play that once because that's my favorite game of all time is Red Dead 1. And I was really? like, oh, I haven't played it. Yeah, it's like, I love it. It's kind of, like, why I like games as much as I like them now, I would say. Like, it's because I found that on a shelf like 2010 i was like what's this and i was like oh my god games are amazing and now here i you know like however many years later god i'm old but it's like what's frustrating about this is that there's so many elements it's like okay it's kind of already on ps4 yes poorly like it doesn't stream very well i tried to play it it didn't run very well it was buggy and looked bad but like they also just remade the entire map in gta or in red dead 2 of the first game and it looked great like like they redid all the textures all the models like the care like some of the characters look similar i guess you could say it's like missing some of the other characters like the npcs like you could just do we really need every npc to look identical like i wouldn't be that upset if like strauss i think his name was looked different in the first game than now like who cares but they're just sort of like nah it's just the game again and i'm like oh like if it, and no, I was just going to say $50 for that version, I think, would have felt more warranted. Like the upscaled, like what you did for Red Dead 2's section of the map for that game feels 50 bucks to me, not not just like a port. I mean, and the the other bizarre thing about this is like on on the Xbox backwards compatibility thing, there is that kind of like automatic upscaling that it does and so like you can play red dead one effectively in 4k on like a modern xbox just like that because it's because that's how the system works and like that is not as far as i can tell the version that they will be releasing for ps4 even though it could undoubtedly run some version of it and so it's just it it feels yeah, it, it it feels like radically low effort, uh, which, I, you know, wh whatever, but it's $50 and it feels uh, pretty indefensible that it's as much money as it cost when it came out uh, and 
I, I don't know. What are we doing? Maybe they could have <laughs> just said Switch. Like, it's coming to Switch. Yeah, it looks this bad because it's Switch. Like, the fact that there's one other platform kind of makes it hit Fair different. Because you're like, hmm? Mm-hmm. Like, now it's not as excusable because this, like, yeah, the PS4 is old, but it's not a Switch. Like, 720p. Yeah, and no on. PC port, which is also a bummer yeah. because yeah. 2 is on PC and I would like 1. Met and modding RDR1 would be really fun, I bet. That could do crazy stuff and make it look way better. <laughs> like, that thing uh, would. I'm guessing part of it is like take two, like tap in their watches because GTA six is taking so long to come out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they're just they're just working on that game for years and years and years with not, you know, new revenue. I mean, GTA five still makes a ton of money, but I'm guessing this is part of that. Right. Like what is a quick, easy way for us to make some money this year? They have shareholders. Mm-hmm. They need yeah. what will the shareholders, shareholders think having their shareholders meetings and being like, where's mm-hmm. the money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My child has a Nintendo Switch. Is your game on the Nintendo Switch? <laughs> it is now. Have you considered That's putting it on the Nintendo decided. Switch? <laughs> your child should not play Red Dead Redemption 1. There is some heinous <laughs> stuff in that game. Yeah, <laughs> child is 19 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and lives with me because of the housing crisis and we're charging $50 for a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's do one more very quick one. Uh, this is from Virgil B. Which characters are the embodiment of the phrase don't judge a book by its cover. Whether it be a rough-looking character that's surprisingly sweet or a nice-looking character that is despicable, who played with your expectations the most? My pick would be Fox from Fallout 3. Ooh. Mm, that's a good one. Love is that Fox. a good one? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it was would, which way does Fox go? Is Fox, like, despicable on first appearance or cute on first appearance? I think, isn't he a ghoul? No, he's a he's a super giant, a super mutant. Okay, I think he's so very chill. gross, but turns yeah. out to be an absolute sweetie. Got it. Well, I don't know if absolute sweetie is the right term for any of the even the NPC <laughs> uh, 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 super mutants, but I think he's relatively chill for a super mutant. Um, I I don't know if this fully counts because you know it's going to be his character arc, but um, Ichiban in uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon is just such a goofy looking man you know you don't expect that he's like evil but you do expect that he's just kind of dumb and like his <laughs> level of of emotional intelligence and like you know ability to communicate uh feelings and and ideas by the end of it is like you know the reason that game works is that ichiban is the coolest you know most likable protagonist i've ever played in a game and it's like when you see that character design you're just like well this guy's a joke right he's silly that's his thing and it's more than that can i tell you the most impactful scene of revealing his character to me is uh when he's picking up tissues in the brothel and putting them in the trash he's like hey they're giving us a home Mm -hmm. oh that's so nice nice. i was like this guy's cool That, that game handles sex work uh better than i think any game I've ever seen talk about <laughs> sex work. It's incredible. Even yeah. GTA 5? <laughs> oh, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> um, for me, it was kind of Geralt. Like, and maybe that's because I only came to Witcher like in the third one, and that's like, the only one I played. But like, I really thought he was going to be stoic man, like guy. And then he was so sassy and like had the clapbacks for days and every I was like oh my god I could say that say that but he's always stoic like I really like that character type of like no personality in the face but the clapbacks are on point he's sassy as hell 
you know, like he doesn't need to be that like charismatic, but he is like, I just love that kind of care type. And I did not expect it at all. I, I just like thought the game systems was cool. I was like, I'll try this. Didn't know anything about the series. And I like, he's one of my favorite video game characters of all time. I did not see that coming at all. Those are, those are good answers. I feel it. And I have a feeling that like when three seconds passes, no one else has another answer. So it's like, that's good. Thank you for the community <laughs> questions this week. Which one was the best? I liked hearing about everybody's unusual fun that they that they provide for themselves in games. I thought the I did also like combo was fun too. That's true. And and hype games. Well, most shoot. anticipated. The panel is split mm. here today. Yeah, I would go with weird fun. I think weird fun is good. Sarah, do you want to throw your support behind a different one so we're still at a stalemate? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. I want to go play Baldur's Gate 3, and you're all standing in my way right now. Um, so I, I will also throw my support behind Weird Fun. Great. <laughs> Whatever it takes to send I want to go play games. Behind the frame physical edition. Thank you, I am 8-bit. And thank you, uh, Chris, uh, Clemens Schwartz, for that excellent question. Yay. It is now time for Get a Load of This! We got it for the first try that time. Hey, uh, this is, of course, the segment where the panel shares an interesting thing they've seen or experienced throughout the last seven days that they would like to share with you. Oh, boy, I didn't prepare anything for this, huh? To do me last. Okay. <laughs> I can go first. Okay. Please. Get a load of this. Um, so part of my job is I have to keep track of what other companies are doing with their terms of service privacy policy updates. It, uh, the thing that no one I reads this is already. what I write. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Re rewind one. So what is that job? What is the job that you have? I'm a, I'm a tech lawyer um, okay. that specializes in video games and stuff. Um, so we write a lot of terms for like games. Like, you know, the thing that you click, yeah, yeah. And then you get to your game. Oh, like, it's pages along. You got to scroll all the way to the yeah, bottom. Yeah, sure. exactly. And some of them actually make you go scroll all the way to the bottom. There's more and more yeah. cases. I hate those. I hate them. And then you can't click next. And they're like, we know you didn't scroll. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to change the information. It's Sarah, I take so you away can never this? come back and say, I didn't read it. It's like, well, you scrolled. Did so, you scroll? Yeah, must, did You're you liable scroll? now. Yep. <laughs> but uh, so we try to keep track of that kind of stuff to see, like, should we include that? Should we not include that? And I thought it was interesting that this like Zoom updated its um, terms of service and stuff today, or maybe it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was yesterday. And um, I was thought it was interesting that people were kind of latching onto this so much as like the scary thing, because honestly, to me, it kind of read like that's just the terms. But the headline here is Zoom's updated terms of service permit training AI on user content without an opt out. So they just updated the language in their service terms to essentially the license that you give them for the content you put on the website. They can use it to train AI, like then therefore improve the services is like kind of how they phrase it. Um, and really all the change did was just like specify that as a use, but the license would have done that anyways. So I just thought it was interesting that it's kind of like, because AI is so tr like, AI is a scary thing, right? Like AI, oh my God, AI. And like, they were do using your A for that before. And like every app is, but it's weird that once the, f like you can control H and find AI in the terms, then it's scary. I thought that was interesting. I'd like your guys' opinion on that maybe. So any, any conversation we've had on Zoom potentially could have been used to train an AI on how people speak. 
Well, that's the thing is like, you don't really know what they're using the data for. And the, the other uh -huh. thing that's hard is there's no opt out. And that's because of the US has really bad privacy law. Sorry, y'all. You guys have like no, the worst privacy know. law we in like know. the whole country, no, the whole know. world. Yeah. Um, so Canada and especially Europe has GDPR, all these crazy rules. It's like you have to give people an ability to opt out of the collection of their data. California, I think, I think California, Nevada and like a couple other states have it too. But so many states are just like, nope, like once you're in there, like you can never get your data back. You can't get it deleted. You can't request they not use it, that kind of thing. And I think maybe in the next 10 years, we'll see a complete flip for you guys and you'll have mm -hmm. way better we'll privacy see. laws. We can and, hope. Yeah. We'll yeah. See. But Aww. it's just funny that like you guys are doing all the important tech work. <laughs> That's why you're kind of doing it. It's because you have the chillest laws, maybe? Question mark? Yeah. Chill. Oh, I well, find chill. Chill for who? Chill for the big, big, massive, scary corporations. That's not who yes. we are, Haley. <laughs> not chill for us. Yeah, this is like semi-related, but in the Baldur's Gate three terms of service, they hid kind of like an Easter egg Ooh. in it. I just I I didn't have it, but I pulled it up, uh, and it says, "Upon accepting this pack, you take on an additional quest to submit to Larian one recording of a chant, song, text, poem, or interpretive dance performed by you, and extolling your interest in the Forgotten Realms." Cute. Should you decline to undertake and finish this quest within the first three winters following your acceptance of this pact, you forfeit subsequent fame, fortune, and or infamy as a founding members of our Guild of Great Genius. Should That's we so uh, Should we do that now then? What do we have to it's do? Yeah, not what, what this we whole podcast has been? We did. We could submit the podcast. It was like a chant, interpretive dance, uh -huh. poem, song, or text. Let's Slam do a poem, chant new now. Show plus. <laughs> no, I think we should. I would chant love to now check that off. Submit this. Okay. Yeah. Let's. All do right. So well, then, what kind of chant? What would qualify as a chant? Something about safe scrumming, but in a bard way. Or uh, or the what? I'm sorry. What's the min max motto slogan? Be good. Have fun. Let's Be go. Be good. Have fun. Let's yeah. go. Would that be count? good, would have that fun, let's How go. How is that about Priority. Baldur's Gate 3? No, you can't. We can make up Baldur's Gate. <laughs> that's what, Sarah told me that's the whole game. It's just being good, having fun, and let's going. You don't have well, to I'm be good. Kyle good. already no, proved no, that yeah. we don't have to be I'm good. Yeah, pretty, pretty good distinctly. Uh, <laughs> could we just do Baldur's Save Gate scum. 3? Huzzah. Yeah. Huzzah. Or I think the huzzah, huzzah makes it a chant. Okay, so yeah. count us down. Count us down. Three, two. What are we saying? We're saying Baldur's Gate 3. I was about to just go, ah! As long as you get the huzzah, you're good. Okay, yeah, okay. Three, two, one. Baldur Gate 3! Huzzah! Huzzah! What a fun way for me to learn that there's a significant delay from My brain struggled to form the words. I was could not function there for a second. It makes me feel better for interrupting people so much. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, we're just not on the same. Yeah. Oh, true. Cannot right. wait to see how that recorded up. Now we can test the syncing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now we get what, Sarah? Fame, infamy, fame. We now are part of the the founding member of Guild of Great Genius. Okay. Oh, well, we have to submit yeah. it somewhere. I'll I'll look oh. into where to submit mm -hmm. the audio for this. Great. Oh my god, amazing. <laughs> see, like their lawyers are fun as hell. I want like that. I want to talk to them and be like, oh, you're, but that's you know, really like fun. most of the lawyers I talk to are just like. Everything is a no. Anything that could even get slightly sketchy from some weird edge case is a no. So the fact that they got this through is very cool. Yeah. I feel like when developers are your client, there's like way more leeway. It's like, can we, like, the risk in this is 0.0001%. Like maybe a mm -hmm. tech giant would be like, nah, 
But devs are like, yeah, hell yeah, stick it in there. They're like the best. Let's hear some more loads. Uh, all right. I don't want to go after that, like but get a, get a load of this. I give it a laundry load. Just bring it. Just bring yeah. in your bag. Yeah. All right. I got I got my laundry load. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's my new favorite YouTube channel. Uh, I discovered this because Surreal Vasquez uh, tweeted one of these videos, but it is a a man who has a channel named Joe is hungry. He says, hello, my name is Joe and I am hungry. And it is just a fast food uh, review channel where he gets a new fast food item from some store and he goes and reviews it. And he's, you know, a 40 year old man, 50 year old man who lives in Georgia. And they are just the most unbelievably over edited videos I've ever seen in like a truly incredible way. And I, I am like, I am not saying I'm a fan of this. Like, ironically, I really do like his videos, but it's like he he goes he goes through a drive through. We watch him drive through a drive through in every video is always like speed ramped and synced up to a song. He has anywhere between three and five cameras inside his car. Not even like when you get to the studio that he's cutting between the angles of all the time. And then he like takes the temperature of every fast food item to make sure that it's like an appropriate temperature and he weighs them and then he averages the weights of like several of them and then he divides it by the price to tell you how much like food you are getting per dollar it, it, it really has to be seen to be believed and they have like six thousand views each like he is not a big channel and the amount of effort that goes into them is is just incredible so if I can do anything, uh, I want people to watch Joe is Hungry. <laughs> what would be the video you recommend we watch first? Oh, gosh. I mean, I it, it's the kind of thing where I think you should just pick your favorite food chain. But, like, um, there was one that he did of, like, uh, Popeye's, you know, something or other. That it was just, like, that was my entry point, And I was like, this is great. I love it. So I'll put that one in the description. Love Thank it. You. Sarah, did you want did you want your own load or did you want to use the I, I am claiming my previous load mm -hmm. that one. I that followed a Paley's. Great. Very reasonable. Uh I'll do uh, I, I scrimped and saved and found one. Okay. Uh, and, and that is that the Marvel VFX artists are unionizing. They voted to unionize. They said yes. Oh. They voted yes on that. Yeah. Uh, and so cool. I'm just really excited about hot union summer. Everybody's heating up. Everybody's <laughs> I'm I was just like it, it's so clearly the moment because it's clearly mm -hmm. the moment where they could potentially become suddenly very overburdened with work in response to the workers and our uh, actors strike. So the fact that they were like, hey, I want in. Give me, I want in on that. The fact that they're I using mean, this, this is moment to do it is just so incredible. Like they really control the tools of production even more <laughs> than they normally do now. And so it is the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm so happy for them control the tools of production yeah it's like the, that makes sense right like you, you can't you can't make the marvels and just do that with practical effects good luck no i mean and like not to have this be a longer conversation but like all the dumb stuff i'm trying not to swear that marvel does where it's like it doesn't have its actors in costumes and then they like cgi on the costumes afterwards is so all gross. because like costume makers are unionized and vfx artists aren't like yeah. they do yeah. so much stupid stuff because they can rely on ununionized labor and so hey good job yeah it's time it's past time 
So I'm really happy mm-hmm. for them. Um, my get a load of this, uh, Evo 2023 happened last weekend. And if you're, if you're not, if like you weren't there watching it live, uh, the best part was definitely, um, grand finals for street fighter six in that. I mean, as always, you're watching, you know, the best people in the world play this game. Right. But what I really loved about watching that particular final six, which was new, by the way, that was a controversial thing. Normally it's top eight. They took it down to top six just to save time. And honestly, it was kind of nice. Um, but anyway, uh, just a lot of like um, like raw, fun sportsmanship where like you can tell these six people love each other to death. You know, you're watching Aww. competitors at the top of their game who have like undying love for each other, who are hugging each other when they win and lose. Uh, and so it was, it was a really it was a really, really nice thing to see Evo pull off the biggest event they've ever pulled off. One of the biggest esports events ever. Street Fighter six this new game show up and look competitively viable, but also to see uh, a bunch of sweeties who are insanely good at a game, but also have a lot of respect for each other. That was cool. That's, That's nice to hear, yeah. especially like yeah. with other kind of esports, kind of slowly dwindling a little bit. Like over the Overwatch mm-hmm. esports scene is going to be dead in what a few months. Like it's nice to hear that there's not only other ones that are doing the best ever, but they're all cute and being cute <laughs> with each other in it. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. They just legitimately like announced they're not doing the league anymore for overwatch yeah they uh engaged a clause in their agreement where they can terminate early if they pay the team owners like i think it's two mil or seven mil or something like that so it's it's blizzard trying to terminate the agreement but the overwatch team owners probably don't want to right because then like yeah they'll get a lump sum but maybe if enough enough of them say no they can do another season league and make more money that way but it kind of seems like if more than just a few of them do it then they're all uh, going to say, okay, what's, well, yeah, we'll do it too. I wish, honestly, just the way that you said engaged the clause, I <laughs> wish that you were there here for an entire conversation about that, Haley. That was nice. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, and really quick, uh, I've got a load from the Discord. I'll choose this one uh, Magic the Gather- Gathering is going to collaborate with Final Fantasy. It's so exciting. Oh. So, you know, they, they have recently they had a Magic the Gathering set for Lord of the Rings, right? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, they're saying, like, we're, we're that, that was a good crossover. We're going to do another one for Final Fantasy coming up. Universes Beyond. That art's going to um, be so good. I'm already really excited for it. You're going to buy some packs? Yeah, I think I would definitely do the... I play Magic a little bit, so I would definitely buy the Final Fantasy pack, which is interesting because Final Fantasy has their own card game, which it doesn't is not doing very well because it's, like, very incredibly niche. Um, um, yeah, but they just released... Yeah, like the the cards are like weirdly bigger than average playing cards, but they have their own card game. That's but I weird. think they realize like it, dang, it's kind of hard to like balance and release your own cards, and we could just stick our IP on like another wildly popular card game. Why on earth? So you would have make to cards bigger. Like you have to buy a whole folder. separate binder. Yeah. Yes, I just <laughs> yeah, thought of the I don't folders. Know. I, I saw them and I was like, in. why are those cards like comically larger than like <laughs> other playing cards? They're more powerful. I don't like understand. So you think, are they just making cards to be bought by Post Malone now? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> because... the thing. As I said, when the One Ring came out, I was like, Post Malone's going to buy the One Ring. And guess what? He did. How much was it? Was it like over two mil? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Was that the same one where I saw a TikTok of the guy pulling that and his hands were trembling as he put it oh, into I a I would sleeve. be trembling too. Was it that it was... guy who sold it to Post Malone? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's they, they really recreated the feel of the actual one ring, it seemed. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was like <laughs> chased by Nazgul. I would be fearing for my life if I pulled that card. 
What's the rarest card you have, Sarah? Don't, oh gosh, I don't know. I have, I have no clue. I don't look at the prices. I don't. It's kind of like a, a Charizard, or you don't know, like Pokemon yeah, style. No yeah. Clue. I'm yeah. I'm making a cat deck, so all my my all my creatures are cats. Cute. Fun. Mm-hmm. And then, do you go and buy cats, or do you have to do you have to draw the cats out of packs? Well, you you can buy individual cards. Yeah. So a lot know? of it was yeah. You have you just look up a card and you have to get it offline to put it in your deck. But you can yeah buy single cards. You can trade for single cards. You can go into any like game store and look through their cards. And most of them are like dirt cheap. But then the good ones are always like fifteen to twenty dollars. And does the segment get a load of this as its own mini podcast? I yeah. Get it now. <laughs> uh, let's do uh, plugs and promotions. What's everybody got going on this week? God, we don't really have anything special from MinMax, right? Uh, I got a giveaway I can promote for MinMax. Yeah. If I may. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> We're teaming up with IM8 Bit and Skybound Games to give away two PS4 copies and two Switch copies of Cuphead's Limited Edition. This is the one. Um, do you do you know those weird little puppets where they're standing on a platform and you squish it and then they just kind of like marionettes? Oh, mm, it's not as complicated as a marionette, which is the super duper limited edition, like a of Jack Cuphead. in the Box, oh. where it just like <laughs> it just kind of goes down. limp. Oh yeah, oh, yes. yeah, oh, like the string yeah. one yeah. when you yeah, press yeah, it, yeah, it goes exactly. Limp. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's one of those. It's Miss That's Chalice, cool. but I don't I wouldn't know what to call that kind of puppet. Uh, U.S. and Canada only, we must say, to enter, follow us, like, repost, and tell us why you love physical media in the replies. We'll be pulling winners from the Twitter and Instagram accounts, so just look for at MinMaxShow on one of those two platforms. Links will be in the description. Push Puppets, I think push is what they're called. Great. Okay. Yes. I learned something. That was a little Push Puppet. So, Jacob, you're telling me you haven't had any videos come out recently you want to promote? Uh, look, I I did have a video come out recently that I would <laughs> oh, like okay, to promote. Cool. Uh, it's called <laughs> uh, Staring into the Sun that is looking at uh, Tears of the Kingdom and The Last Guardian's Use of the Sun and also uh, kind of a very, very mini uh, history of the use of sun in uh, like paintings. I think it's cool. a fun video. Cool. Cool. Do you edit your own videos? I do. Those are some nice edits. Talking about, talk you. about nice YouTube edits. That's some, that's some nice edits. I, I appreciate that because it takes a long time and <laughs> I, it is not usually the thing that's commented on. So uh, thank oh. you. <laughs> I'm sort of like a dirtbag editor. You know what I mean? Like I do, I'm, I'm not good at the, any of that. So yeah, I, get, I get, can appreciate it. Nobody else? We got any plugs and promotions? Uh, I guess I'll be streaming on my Twitch channel, uh, which is just Seropods, uh, tomorrow and Saturday, the return of the Rizzler. <laughs> the, the Hold on, what is tomorrow? What's tomorrow? Tomorrow, Thursday. Okay. So today, when most people so, will hear this, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so today, I will. The Rizzler will return and talk to more squirrels and What's probably other animals. Uh, Sarapods. That's Sarah with an H. It's with an H, people. I don't know how many times I have to say this. Uh, P O D Z. I would assume it's with an H. Is my first instinct. Most people. I don't think know. It's I not. no matter how many times I say it, I still catch it like without the H. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, is this intentional? Is this an act of aggression <laughs> against me personally? Uh, and I'll be streaming also on Thursday, my normal stream time at the underscore Jenna. Um, no H's in that one. 
What are you Jenna with two N's. I'm Have probably... we ever introduced you as Jenna with two N's? No. Uh, no maybe was, the you, first week. We made a week. big mistake there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jenna with uh, two N's is great. Yeah, I'll be playing more uh, Sailor Blood Moon in Baldur Gates 3 probably because that's, that's the only game I want to play for like a really long time until Armored Core comes out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll do, we'll do like, I guess, is next week the last week we're going to be here, Kyle? Yeah. Before we ride off into the sunset together? Well, I'll do, we'll mm-hmm. do like full, full link drops then. I That's guess. what I've been thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. People don't need to hear me promote my garbage every week. So yeah, <laughs> next week I'll go in. Yeah, it's the same garbage every week. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you so much to the panel. This has been a very fun podcast. Everyone listening, be good, have fun. Let's go. Huzzah! 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 Huzzah!